chicken uh, hand. Yep. Okay, so um, welcome everybody um, to the holiday live stream. <laughs> um, so yeah, we had some audio issues, but we're we're here now. Um, and yeah, it's gonna be a great night. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go over some recent photos or some some of our favorite photos of the year. Um, we're going to be talking with uh, Noah Buchanan from Hunts Photo and Video. He's gonna be coming on, um, doing a special gift card giveaway, um, and you know, just answering any questions you may have. Um, so you can go ahead and type those in the chat if you guys have any, um, and we'll just be hanging out. So uh, welcome. Welcome everyone. Um, well, I guess we can start right away in the past ten minutes. But um, so I just want to say thank you to everyone um, for listening, um, all the regular listeners, all the guests that we had on. Um, it's been a great year overall. I think for the show because um, when Henry and I both started this last year. Um, it was mainly just like a pandemic project. We were just doing it to, you know, pass the time. You know, this is something that we both love talking about, of course, and doing, but um, it was mainly for the fun of it. And now we're really growing the show and just, you know, doing more and more of it, which, you know, for both of us, it's really become a big commitment. Um, but, you know, we're both approaching it, you know, head first and really doubling down on it and just doing more of it, I guess. And so, you know, mm -hmm. what we have here. But, um, yeah, I just want to say thank you, everyone, for listening, of course, um, you know, and all, all the – uh, past guests, everyone, future that we might have on. Mm -hmm. um, and we're pretty open to having anyone on as is. And, and as long as you do outdoor photography, like, you're pretty much set. Yeah. You know. um, yeah, even, like, outdoor portraits, you know, urban stuff, anything like that, too. You know, we'd be glad to cover that. Um, just as long as it's kind of nature-y, you know. So, um, nature, yeah. Outdoors. Yeah. I know we have a great guest uh, next week, next Tuesday, uh, Bayou Josh. Um, some of you bird photographers have probably heard of him. He has a great YouTube channel. Uh, he does some great photos. Um, and it was it was one of my favorite episodes, honestly. He he's, takes a very cool approach to it, um, and that'll be out next week. So look look out for that. That's probably going to be, I think that's our last episode of the year, right, Henry? Yeah, and I think we're going to take about a one-week break. Um but uh, that week that we're taking off, uh, Ryan and I are actually going to be shooting together for the first time in person. You know, we've never met. It's pretty crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to be shooting, um, maybe recording some stuff as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a mm -hmm. yeah, Both Henry and I have liked the battle on and off uh, ever since we met and started doing the show. And uh, I think, yeah, finally going to do it. So, mm -hmm. nice way to end the year on a good note. Um, like you said, yeah, I think I don't know what we're gonna do yet. We might make we might record almost like an in the field episode or something. Um, mm -hmm. I may record a video or something for the YouTube channel or mine at least. Um, but yeah, it should just be a fun day. We'll be out shooting and yeah, um, yeah. so you'll be here in Ohio or you know, my mm -hmm. neck of the woods a little bit more maybe, but you know, it yep. should be still fun all the same. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, you know, we can also try try each other's gear too. You know, I've never I've never tried a DSLR, so I'd, I'd like to look through an optical viewfinder. <laughs> Pretty crazy. I'd like to look through uh, one of the, what do you call that? Electronic, yeah. Is it just like, okay, I'm sure mm -hmm. there's some fancy term. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to see that. Uh -huh. We'll swap we'll gear for a day, we'll try that. Mm -hmm. See how well you get a bird yeah. shot. Uh -huh. You can try my tan run lens out, maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, that's uh, going to be fun, though. Yeah, it's going to be great. And if you guys have any ideas for, you know, in-the-field content we could do, you know, we'll, we'd be definitely willing to look at that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, 
I want to interview you so bad. I think it'd be fun. I don't yeah, know how that'd be awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I have a, that idea, but. like for your YouTube channel or for the podcast or yeah. What are you yeah, I mean, I don't know. Vlog video hybrid thing. Mm-hmm. So, on location, but it's but it's Henry Doyle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on location also, with Henry Doyle. That sounds weird. Uh-huh. I'd also be if you if you're willing. I also like to get some like stills of myself taking photos. I don't have a lot of those. I'll do the same for you too, if oh. you want some. You know, just kind of like in the field oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we can do that. Awesome. Catch you in the moment. You know, mm. candid. That'd be fun, dude. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm up for whatever you like. Whether it's birds or uh, uh, landscapes, depending on the light, I guess. That, that all mm-hmm. matters. But like, um, you can take whatever room. Cool. Problem is, the problem. I don't know about you, but lately I've just been such in like a rut. It's been pretty bad. I realized it last this past weekend. I'm just like, man, I just I don't know. Yeah. Like this is everything's kind of looking that gross, kind of winter color, and I'm like, mm-hmm. and even like the birds are just not really cooperating with me so it's just like everything's just kind of like working against me and i've just been like kind of a little bummed out to be honest i've kind of i've kind of been in an editing rut like i've been doing a lot of shooting but i just don't feel like editing photos i just have like a hundred i need to edit right now it just keeps filling up and i don't know okay Mm -hmm. oh that's weird i had that real bad um it carried over from spring but it's like summer summer this whole like second half year has been really weird for me just overall in life just kind of like scheduling and just tremendous mm-hmm. like time commitments and being busy but like i had like a good chunk of like, probably a few hundred like raw files to sift through and edit and like after i did my talking hills trip like it just like doubled basically <laughs> from that whole trip and it just became so much but needless to say in october i didn't go out shooting like all days i went to like ohio caverns and like mm-hmm. i took some portraits of my some of my uh gallery people at front street and like that was it like basically like a couple hours the whole month and um i just spent that time hunkering down and just editing everything i hadn't getting caught up uh, yeah yeah editing ruts though are weird too mm-hmm. yeah like i just don't want to do yeah. any editing i don't know why it's just <laughs> <laughs> that's me every time shit uh-huh it's yeah the one maybe thing i'm just think... i'm moving on i guess I'm moving on to all the computer stuff you know that's true, yeah. I mean, when, you, when we first started the show, I think you're on the record saying you love the editing a lot, or the computer, yeah. you like computer stuff in general. Mm-hmm. But like, I couldn't care less now. Out. Yeah, it just helps. I would definitely outsource editing <laughs> and get closer oh, to being oh, like, totally. I don't care about how it looks. Right. I don't know. It's like I'm, the problem is a lot of like us kind of people. I think are very meticulous, and we like things a certain way, of course, because it's kind of why we do this composing photographs, right? But like. Editing, I'm just like I like, I I feel like I have a style of like I like to kind of lean towards, but like mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm getting close. I'm getting closer to being like just paying someone to be like just do it for me so I can mm-hmm. go out and photograph or do whatever. Else. But I just feel like like the amount of photos we take that'd just be way too pricey. Like, you know, if you're yeah. like a fine art landscape photographer that takes like three images a year, maybe. But like what we do, <laughs> like all the different variety and stuff, it would get expensive real fast well they, they probably take more than three images but they definitely mm-hmm. edit and promote or like post or whatever three yeah. you know what i mean they're probably three thousand mm-hmm. probably shoot probably probably way more and i don't know especially the full time and it's like mm-hmm. that's their main gig like they probably take hundreds of thousands 
I don't know. I was looking at my numbers actually. Um, on Luminar three, there's it has like the digital library comic Lightroom. Um, I was looking at like my total raw files for each year, the past couple five years I've already been doing six years I've been doing this, and like it's just been interesting to see it. This year's actually been a lot, not a lot, but like quite a big chunk less than like the past two years. I think twenty nineteen I just like I took the photos. And once again, it's just a number, like how many of those I edit and actually like, that's a big difference. But I'm just saying like the actual raw photos, like the grand total that year, it's like 2019 was like a crap time. 2020 was very, very much the pandemic. So I had like so many months where all I could do or all I really did was photograph and mm -hmm. go on hikes. But um, this year has been a decent amount, yeah, a decent amount less, you know, it's, it's pretty close to last year's numbers, but like, um, you know, several thousands, but still. Mm-hmm. Kind of been interesting. I think it's been a less is more. I learned that this year is like um, going out to week and like that's that's it. Like that's probably the most time I'll get that in a lot of cases. Not always, but especially this year, this time of year when I'm in like the daylight, so I don't have much time, you know, after the day job or whatever. But like um, just like being okay with that, you know, like this past weekend, I like went out for a few hours and all I had was like for basically until next weekend or something. And, like, I didn't get any photos really of notable, you know, just anything I really was proud of. And just, like, mm -hmm. you know, that's okay. That's okay, too. It's good to be okay with that and walk away. So I'd rather not edit something that's garbage or something I don't like, you know. Yeah. That's why I think, like, so. it's good, like, um, you know, both of us have kind of moved away from daily posts. Because I feel like you just, like, post, like, sometimes the most, like, you know not the best photos, like, you lower your standards almost, um, and you just kind of, you go mm -hmm. out shooting just for the, kind of the social media side of things. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the, the right way to go. Yeah, def. Um, or it's even gotten to the point where, like, if I post, like, let's say it's, like, a bird or a wildflower, like, that I posted before, like, historically on my account, like, I don't even bother with it sometimes. It's I'd rather show something that's unique. I guess, so to speak, or something I never captured on camera before. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been doing daily just because it's been backed up. Like I said, I had those months where I didn't edit mm -hmm. and didn't post anything. So I didn't take yeah, a big break, sure. but like, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and then the hawking trip, I mean, that three days worth, like, I edited so many photos from that and posted a lot of them, but mm -hmm. you know, for what it's worth. Yep. Mm. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, Ro Ross in the chat had a great, content. great chat about that. He said daily content leads to quantity, not quality. That's that's definitely true. Mm -hmm. and, unless you, you know, if you like you, you had a big stockpile, and you took. I know you took a long break too, so it's not like you were, you know, posting for months before that. You know, it's just all depends. You know, if you have quality photos, why not post every day? But if not, you know, I wouldn't lower your standards just for grid perfection or better algorithms or whatever. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely agree with you, Ross. And um, yeah, like, like referring to this past weekend again, because it was just kind of like a bummer. I was just like, I did not feel inspired for whatever reason, and like the weather turned south real quick. Um, actually, my the YouTube video already up on my channel. I'll see it. Um, but like, I took like, and I was like, like looking back, what that was me trying too hard. I was just because I was trying to record a video and like. But like I realize, anyways, I re realize it's like with posting photos online is like if I'm not excited about sharing it or excited about it on its own, then I don't feel like it's need to be shared. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
yeah definitely i have to be excited about my own thing before i you know post it and assume other people will do too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i I had an interesting shoot this weekend i i went to i've been trying to get some like good waterfowl shots because i don't feel like i have a lot um so i went to like a, a pond like about 30 minutes away from me I probably I did all the only research I did was eBird and I probably shouldn't have just looked at eBird because when I got there the pond was like very sloped so I couldn't get down to the shoreline so it's kind of like shooting down at things um, but I did end up finding a white crown sparrow in some of the grasses around it I didn't get a good photo of it but was it was like my first sharp photo so that was pretty cool um, but I definitely would say do like a Google Earth research before you know, going to locations, because um, I, I kind of wasted my time. I could have gone to, like, a better a better place uh, with that time, so. You, um, I know for Ohio, there's a, bird, it's called, I think it's called birdingofohio.com or something like that, and it's, like, an offshoot site of eBird or whatever, and mm-hmm. it, like, it breaks down, it's basically centered on the hotspot side of eBird, where, it like, it breaks down, and it gives you, like, specifics, like, if there's, restroom amenities and like it tells you the acreage of the parks or wherever it may be at and like it breaks it down like with like even like user submitted like tips like go to this part of the parking lot park here go on this trailhead oh wow it it breaks down like stuff yeah it's a very it's very nice resource to use like in conjunction with eBird but like um, I'm wondering if there's something like that for the place you went that might be like you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying or just in general for like Kentucky maybe um I'm not sure if there's like a birdie in Kentucky that might be worth seeing if there is. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely have to check that out. Uh, I really, I should probably get involved with some kind of like Audubon Society here too, because I feel like most people would have some helpful tips. Because uh, <laughs> like I have like, like two good, two good spots, um, but for like waterfowl, like you know, kind of like lake pond stuff. Um, but I'm just kind of tired of like the backgrounds on those. Like I keep getting the same ones over and over again. So I've I've really been trying to find some more ones. Um, but it's uh it takes work definitely. It does. Yeah, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, Audubon Society is a good idea. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, dr- I'm drawing a blank on the or something else. Um, is there any like? Camera clubs or any like groups you can join or like, I, I know if it, are you on Facebook? Like there's like some groups that have like chase birds and it might have mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'm not sure if well, bird chasing is like your thing, but like it kind of helps you with like tips, I guess. Uh-huh. Funny, funny story about Facebook. Um, I actually got banned off of Facebook, um, on like <laughs> three different accounts. Um, okay. I had an ad blocker. I have an ad blocker like on my internet browser. So I made an account for my computer once, trying to get Facebook. It banned me on that. Tried to make another account for my phone. It banned me too because it figured I was the same person. So I can't make a Facebook account actually. Oh, um, but uh, I was only going to use it for like the Instagram connections and stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look at like – I know there's other community sites like Flickr probably has some groups with that. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'm sure I'll find something. And – you know, I'm not going to be in Louisville forever, too. So, you know, I'm sure wherever I end up, you know, that they probably have groups as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, because, like, there's some groups on there that I'm a part of that are, like, very localized. And it 
it's like you you're talking about very specific locations that like are maybe your region or county and it's like mm-hmm. it's pretty neat because like i'll meet people out on the field that are on like those groups and like we can kind of refer back to them and stuff so do you ever like now i'm thinking about do you ever meet anyone outside like while you're out photographing that you like you really follow up with later on do you ever meet anyone like that um i i've met like one person out in the field that I, like followed out with up in michigan actually um louisville's kind of interesting i've never seen I've maybe seen one person photographing, like, nature out, like, in my whole three years of photography. Louisville's like a dead zone. I don't know why. It's got some great photo opportunities. It's not like it's a bad place to photograph, but there's not a lot of nature (laughs) photographers here. I don't don't understand it, but compared to Ohio, I mean, Ohio's just crazy amounts of people. I don't don't know what makes Ohio so much more, um, but... You know, I'm shocked mm-hmm. by the amount of like you know birders, landscape photographers, and all that who are from Ohio that I just randomly find on Instagram or randomly find on YouTube. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Then I don't think about it. Um, and I haven't traveled enough out of state, especially, to really gauge that. But I mean, I'll take your word for it. I mean, Ohio does seem like it's pretty well represented. I will say. Mm-hmm. So, kind of strange. Wonder why that is. Yeah, you know, maybe there's nothing else to do around here. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you talking Michi- about people with, like, uh, with, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, Michigan, um, I've kind of the same thing. I know, like, I don't know if you know Evan Reister, Reister um, but he lives right by me up in Michigan. Um, we were going to shoot last summer, but it, it didn't work out because of the time. But besides him, I'm, like, the only other nature photographer that's ever really shot that area and posted about it. Um, so it's it's pretty crazy, all the areas I go to. Uh, I'm sure there's people that take photos, but just not that I found. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not every time. Like, some of the big places, like, um, we have, uh, see, short-eared owls, like, right now, or, like, in the, during the winter, like, there's a place out here where I live that, like, people from across the state even go to just to see them. So, like, mm. it's pretty commonplace most evenings when it gets to dusk to, like, see these people going out in this prairie with big telephoto lenses. And, like, I've met, like, fairly, we'll say fairly famous, uh, like, naturalists. I mean, oh, wow. I met other wildlife photographers from out there. Mm. Like, just stuff like that, basically. But mm-hmm. um, You might have to get yeah, me to one, of the, to one of the owl spots. That'd, that'd be cool. Yeah, I haven't gone there. And um, January is great. January is a great month, I will say in general, because I have this local, um, it's a local fen, and um, there's this great horned owl that I've been following for the past two years. So this will be the third winter, and like, I, I always tell people, like, like local people I'm with, they'll be like, hey guys, you need to go to this place. Like, it's, I, I always chalk it up saying like it's, it's they start whatever uh, mating in the really early winter. They're like birds of the year really you know go to that sort of thing and nest building and like it's just yeah i tell them like go there man like you will at dusk and it's not a big like wetland but like it has a small boardwalk and everything and i tell them like just go there just keep your eyes and ears peeled you're probably gonna see it and hear it but it'll be high up in treetops somewhere and they'll probably be looking at you before you i come back so a couple of you now and it's like i only have to and i can find it pretty much every night you've probably seen it um, wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Great horn out there. 
as a um, little it's not in the people that go to that you know are pretty well aware of it talk to people there tune it out but like it kind of feels like a little secret you know a little place mm-hmm. that's like I can go to that'd be cool awesome yeah, I yeah. think I Any think questions? I don't know if that's Kelly in chat, but um, Aussie Pacific Art, I think it's her. Hey. Uh, but Kelly and uh-huh. we had her as a guest. Yeah, so uh, welcome. <laughs> I told her about this, and she said she uh-huh. could be here. So. Yeah, thanks for hopping on, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. Now that we have audio. Yeah, that was that was funny. <laughs> I'm glad it's we. All, I'm glad Ross good. caught it for me when. Yeah. When we did, because that that would have been very bad, very bad. <laughs> See how long we can go on before people start saying it. Yeah, uh-huh. thank you, Ross. Yes. Oh yeah, I just remembered. Um, backtracking. I know I said when the audio was cut off, but um, so I, I want to give a shout out to Joe Vale. Um, he's he's been a big support to both uh, personally messaging us, um, talking about the podcast and just engaging with us, and that that's that's awesome, man. I mean, it's great to hear a listener really. You know, talking to us one-on-one or whatever. And uh, he does some great photography as well. So I'd follow him on like Instagram or um, I think wherever, wherever uh, else he may be. I'm not sure where he is. Um, but, he, yeah, he asked me this question about um, – because I've been doing these greeting cards lately. And uh, he asked me how I make the process as an episode. Hey, man, I'll, I'll answer it here live, and um, hopefully you tune in to hear it. Um, but – keep it short so basically i make them with um i go on jerrysartorama.com it's like an uh, online store outlet and uh, you can basically buy arts and craft supplies and everything um, and they have some photography related stuff but um, mainly I, I use them to get these greeting cards and you can buy them in wholesale packages like packs of 50 100 sometimes more uh for pretty good prices you know because it is a wholesale thing but i'll get like a few hundred of them and just use these four by six canon glossies and you, know, you can mount them on there, put them in the photo frames, like slide them in, and they're like they're, they're these nice uh, canvas texture, kind of like a nice thicker cardstock, and they come with matching envelopes and everything. So pretty much put those all together and uh, put them in uh, five by seven clear seal bags that have like an adhesive strip that I peel off, and uh, that's basically how I make the cards. Um, they're fun to do though. I mean, it's fun to pick out uh, photos and stuff I've taken over the years, and you know what people may like or whatever. Um, People have suggested putting like words on them, but like I haven't done that yet. But maybe in the next run of cards, I'll do that. So we'll see. Hopefully, that answers your question, Jim. That's awesome. Yeah, how many did you do of those? How many greeting cards? Um, two years ago, I did my first like big run of them. It was like at least a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred cards. Um, oh wow! And that's I. It's kind of like a this. Yeah, it's a it's a big process, but I mean, like, I just get out enough flat surfaces and tables, and I just lay out the four by sixes to dry for like up to twelve twenty four hours or whatever, and then, um, yeah, I mean, buy the materials for it, of course. And it's just honestly, it's as simple as just spending a day or something, just kind of, it may be repetitious, but like just kind of just going through them and stuff, and putting them all together because it does take a lot, quite a big chunk of time to do it by hand. And, you know, I don't mind it too much, you know, and it's satisfying. At the end, being like, put these together, photo cards, but like it together, and everything. And, um, so those those cards from there, um, uh, I don't really give them. I mean, I do give them to some people, I guess, like pers- you know, close friends or whatever. But like, they pretty much all go to my galleries, um, my two main galleries, and I put them for sale. But uh, people enjoy them a lot. Yeah. 
Do you, do you usually sell a large amount of them, or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they they last a while. I, I can kind of I've gauged over the time I've been selling work that's like what people may like more than others. Like not everyone likes a snake, but like a lot of people may like a flower or just mm-hmm. a colorful leaf or um, maybe a. Birds are kind of a toss up because like if it's like a bird that maybe like you or I would appreciate like a warbler or something like we 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 like those species of course, but like. Like the more common birds, I think. So, like cardinals, uh, chickadees, titmice, maybe like certain woodpeckers. Um, so, it, it really just depends. Oh, excuse me. It really just depends. But, um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, they sell pretty well, I think. You know, it may take a little while sometimes, but like I usually go through them quite well. Um, yeah. Cool. That's a great idea. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'd recommend it. So. Recommend it to any, I'd recommend anyone to come to work. So, um, yeah, more recently I got connected with, um, now that, now that we're working on hunts, um, and everything with the podcast, um, I may be on my own doing a webinar maybe soon, or maybe at the beginning of the year uh, about printing from home, um, photo printing that is. And, uh, so they basically, um, I've been working with Henry for a while and I've more recently been doing stuff and engaging with him, but he basically connected me with, I guess, uh, he connected me with Canson that makes like photo papers and stuff. And they sent me some like free samples of some like eight and a half by 11s. And um, so I'm going to get to like stuff, some prints and see how it looks and talk basically for talk about my experience overall with printing. Yeah, that's awesome. And you, so is that paper kind of like a glossy paper, a matte paper, or what? Um, they sent me four packages. Um, I think there's ten or twenty-five sheets in each. They're all the same size, but like one of them is like a cotton rag, which that's like the good quality stuff that like the fine art papers are. Um, it really has like almost like a painterly look to it, the texture at least. Um, I believe the other ones. I think there's a matte, glossy, maybe like a high gloss. Or something like that, uh, but each each of the four packages is a different texture. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to sample, maybe like take three images and kind of like uh, maybe certain images in certain colors tend to go well with certain papers. Um, mm-hmm. So um, just to brief, briefly touch upon it. Um, usually, like matte papers look uh, better with black and white. It's just much more muted color, I guess. While whereas like color, full color, we'll say. But it's just more like an executive guideline. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to trying them nonetheless. And um, you know, I'll be looking forward to, like I said, hopefully soon talking about you know in front of an audience and stuff. Have you ever done a I, webinar before? I, I no, I know you play a lot. You've probably done like what eight or something. I, yeah, eight around eight or ten. Yeah, it's it's really? great. Awesome. I I love doing them there. They're nerve-wracking at first, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's, um, you know, doing a podcast is, you know, hard. Like, it, it can be scary, but, like, going in front of live people, I mean, man, it's it's another thing. But, um, you know, once you get into the groove of it, it's great. And, you know, people usually have some great questions. Like, I did one um, a couple weeks ago, a winter photography program. I've been doing that quite a bit. And I probably got about, like, 15 questions afterwards. Um, it was just great, you know, not just about the program, just about photography in general. 
um, we probably stayed on for an extra like 30 minutes. Uh, I got people who wanted to, you know, do workshops with me and, you know, buy my stuff and, you know, just generally support me. Uh, so they're, they're great. I think they're That's one awesome. of the best places for networking. Um, and, you know, most of the webinar things will pay you too. Like if once you get up to a certain, you know, level, if you're doing them for a camera club, uh, they'll generally pay you. So. That's just kind of an added bonus. I I definitely do them for free, um, but they're they're awesome. So glad you're getting into that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I know. I think I attended your first webinar you ever did. That's mm. correct. It was the Young Wildlife Photographer? Oh yeah, the the, the, the panel one. That that was awesome. That's it probably my panel. favorite still. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think I listened to one after the fact. Um, I think it was with Ian Plant because it was oh, on yeah, his YouTube that was channel. Fun. Yeah. He's a, that's a great yeah. channel. I didn't know about that's, him until I, I, I went on the show. Um, but he does some great stuff. It's kind of a wide variety. Um, I know he recently did like a Hunt's holiday gift guide, which is pretty cool. And he gets, he has on all kinds of guests and super, super great channel. So. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I've been, I've been a casual follower of his work uh, over the years, but like, yeah, it's, Great work, and he's he's really talented. Yeah, it's really good stuff too. Yeah, but yeah, you did great on those, man. I mean, yeah, it's it's really cool to see you doing those and like get in front of people and talking about more of this and giving a shout out to the show, of course, too. I mean, goodness, people who listen. Yeah, I mean, they definitely. I find that these these panels are generally kind of an older audience, and you know, you know. Programs like YouTube or Instagram may be a little bit harder for some people, but like podcasts, they're very kind of universal. Um, you know, it can be kind of hard to find for the older crowd at first, but once they kind of get into it, it's um, – I find that, you know, some of the older age people like listening a lot. Like if you look at the demographics, there's a pretty heavy percentage, you know, kind of 50 and up, um, which is really cool. You know, it's good that all ages are getting connected. Um, I think kind of the younger side is more YouTube, and then the older side is more the audio platforms and stuff. So, yeah, that, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I think it's a lot because of the um, maybe the like the older generation that are like retiring and everything, and they're like needing to fill time and have like a hobby. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're like attending these webinars, and uh, maybe it is like the age difference a little bit, the gap, and being like, you know, wow, look at these young, younger uh, photographers doing this. And it's like cool because maybe yeah they will ask you questions about you know what mm -hmm. what camera should I buy or like what you know should I photograph just anything mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's really cool really thought about it too I guess the webinars are newer thing but maybe it's something that they're just more tuned into I guess mm -hmm. and I mean obviously like yeah. too like I think COVID really created a lot of webinars like it wasn't very popular before. Uh, but I think they're sticking around, honestly. I think people really like them. You know, it's a lot more convenient. You can stay in your house. Uh, but also, you know, I'll be, I'd, I'll definitely be doing some in-person things in the future, too. Um, you know, it's just kind of, kind of want to do both, you know. Um, I'm going to, I'm considering doing workshops up in Michigan next summer because I already have interests. Um, and I, I know a lot about that area, so. Uh, something like that could be really cool, but I definitely, I definitely like doing both. Like, well, I actually haven't done anything in person yet, but um, I'd like to kind of do both for my photography business. So. Yeah, 
Yeah, a combination of both sounds good. Like you can even teach people like on online with webinars, um, like tutorial stuff. And uh, yeah, then in the field, of course, workshops or mm -hmm. in-person lectures. Uh, webinar or scratch that. I did do a guided hike last week, but um, that was just, it was a free thing. I just did sign for it was mm -hmm. a local wind and stuff, a local nonprofit. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun. It was something different, you know, definitely nerve wracking because it was like, I had to like kind of talk to a small group, mm -hmm. albeit like probably five people, five, six other people. Um, but yeah, we just took like a little hike on this one mile boardwalk. And, but it was a lot of fun. I think I learned a lot about how to really just kind of like an event. Definitely want to do more of them in the future. Um, paid or free, doesn't matter to me. Yeah, that must have been very nerve-wracking, too. I mean, I, I can't imagine that. Like, I'll be very scared my first time, I'm sure, because it's, it's just different. You know, you're meeting the person, you know, in person, so. Yeah, I think the, the toughest part was um, there was, there was two guys um, that had, like, like, years ago, of course, but, and I had, like, met them before at the same place and the other local area wetland and stuff and like they know there's they're they're much older but like they know their stuff a way better than i and uh that's how i was like getting corrected about ids for birds or just anything you know so it, it was a little maybe embarrassing a little bit because like they didn't of course they don't know everything but like i don't claim it to but like you know we all help each other so maybe that's just the fun of it i guess and collaborating i guess and just enjoying being out there in nature yeah for sure It's like one of the biggest fears is getting asked a question. Speaking of which, do you have a question? Oh, I was just going to say, if anybody has any questions, uh, put them in the chat. Uh, we want to thank you all for being here. We have about seven viewers. That's you know, that's, that's great. Honestly, we're grateful for every single one of you. Uh, and we'll literally answer anything, so ask away. You're my, you're my favorite seven people right now, besides you, Henry. Actually, I think one is me on my iPad. So. Oh really? Uh -huh. I don't have it. I don't have it tuned in right now. So. Yeah, I'm just monitoring the chat from here. Or massive <laughs> amount of messages. <laughs> and then in That's 12 great. minutes, we've got our special guest coming on. So. Yeah. And we talked about before the audio, or at the very beginning when the audio was cut off, but we um, it's pretty funny. Um. We got a little over about being a guest on the show, and he actually responded within a day. And he said, "Like, hey, it was Henry. It was you that emailed." So he's just like, "Hey, Henry, um, but man, it was awesome that he actually did that. You know, still has a way to give a response at all. So that was really nice of him." Yeah, he's. It just shows how like welcoming and kind of. Um, just very together the photography community is, or the nature of photography community specifically. Because uh, you could pick any other, like, fandom or, like, group. Um, you'd never get a creator that big to respond to you. But in the photography community, I think it's just different. Um, and, you know, Thomas Heaton, I think he really gets gets people. You know, he's been there. Um, you know, just a couple years ago, he was just like us. So, uh, you know, it's great to see okay. people responding like that. Mm -hmm. yeah for sure um go ahead no go ahead sorry 
I was gonna say I, I was echoing what you said. Like, I mean, yeah, it was really cool that he did that, and um, you know, it's definitely it could be a toss up as like how many people are really responsive to like, um, but he didn't have to respond at all. Like, he had no obligation. He's basically emailing out the blue, just asking about this random show he's never heard of. But like, the fact that he did it, you know, it's pretty cool. Speaks well about his character. Um, I've been a big fan of him since probably like 2018. I watched almost all videos online, but um, he's a big, he's pretty much one of the biggest reasons I started a YouTube channel for photography, of course. Um, mm -hmm. And um, yeah, he's, he's great. He's, he's one of my favorites. He's very talented, very down to earth, but charismatic and funny. It's, from what I've seen, he's really cool. And we did get a, a couple questions here. Um, so where will the podcast go from this point? Um, so, I mean, I just say, like, you know, we're going to keep doing, you know, pretty much weekly episodes. I'm sure we'll take a couple breaks every once in a while, but, you know, we'll, we'll keep to the weekly thing. Um, we've been doing clips. You know, we'll, we'll keep at those. Um, you know, also, uh, we're going to be working with a lot more brands, you know, having ambassadors on, um, you know, having some bigger guests on. Uh, working with companies, you know, just all that kind of stuff, just kind of expanding our reach. Um, and, yeah, do you have any other thoughts on that, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the big – yeah, just with the show and everything. Um, like I said earlier, we started this as just a little thing that uh, at the time three of us were doing. Um, now it's – and, yeah, cool that becomes a part of – um, what we do and everything, it's become its own kind of, I don't know what you call it, a workhorse. You know, it's just become its big, big entity, I'll say, of what we do. Um, yeah, I think coming to the new year, this year has been great overall for the show. Um, just mm -hmm. having different friends and guests on, people we've never met before, people I've met in person many times, um, even like the topics that just Henry and I did, like, they've been really awesome. And, um, you know, just seeing the team of listeners and just people supporting us and people I'll meet in person, you know, talking to friends or whatever, saying like, hey, listen uh, to an episode or whatever, you guys do great, you know, there still are, so, you know, so mm -hmm. thanks for everyone for listening at least, but um, yeah. yeah, just more of what we do, um, I don't know if we, I don't know if we've said it again uh, before the initial hiccup at the beginning, but like, Henry and I are meeting at the end of, did we already say that? I can't remember now. Oh. We're um, meeting at the end of the month. Uh, I can't remember if that was before remember? or after. Well, we can say it again. I, I don't think, said it. I don't think we said it with audio. Okay. Um, yeah, but we were meeting in person so. for the first time, which is, is pretty darn cool. Uh, you know, 50, what, 54 episodes? Yeah, 54 episodes, and we've never met. So we're finally going to do it, finally going to shoot, uh, maybe record some content, uh, maybe like an in-the-field episode or something like that. Um, so we're both super excited for that. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said earlier, I definitely, I'm going to a video of the, we have to vlog again, which I've never featured on my channel, like myself, really, like, that's cool, something I'm glad to keep on, but, um, yeah, I think we might record something, a little episode to start off next, uh, this, basically, like, maybe we'll do it after the fact, or even in the field, I don't know, we'll figure it out, at least, but, or maybe both, that'd be kind of cool, actually, mm -hmm. I think about it. 
But yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the Rangers finally. It's, it's been like over a year and a half, like you said, 54 episodes, and um, still haven't done it yet. I know we talked about it ever since we started the show, but like mm-hmm. now we're finally, I think, we're going to do it. One thing I can say, you will not be intimidated by my height. I'm only like 5'7", so if you expect me to be like 6'5", or something, you know, not to to (laughs) scare you or anything. I know, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I mean, that's true. Being being short for a wildlife photography, it's so good because you can crouch easier, you know, hide under some brush or something. Yeah, it's great. Although you don't get like if there's a bird in the tree, yeah, you can't yeah. get eye level as easily. But you know, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very true. Um, I'm about five seven, so like, oh wow, not that much different, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're gonna be up here in Ohio, so you're gonna be up in my neck of the woods, and mm-hmm. uh, I know you asked me about like locations we could go to. So I mean, um, like I said, I mean, I'm open to whatever you want to shoot. You probably, mm-hmm. probably want to do more than that. Which, so we can definitely do that. Um, you know, but I, I have a pretty good grasp of the Dayton area, like mm-hmm. everywhere around there. So like, I can kind of make up a list of places. If you want to shoot the whole day, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, and I'll, I'll definitely whole, um, yeah. I'll, that'll be like my second day with the R5 too. So I'll probably want to try out some of the wildlife stuff on that. Uh, maybe. Oh yeah. So and I can even take you back to uh. My grandparents' property too. Show you around there as well afterwards or something, because that that's got some good photo opportunities. And uh, I know you've worked a lot with Beaver Creek, and Beaver Creek runs through there as well. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, man, I, I'd love to see that. Awesome. Yeah, so we should be getting mm-hmm. Noah on here. Oh, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt your delay. Are you you're good? Go go ahead. You're good. I was just going to say, we uh, should be getting uh, Noah Buchanan in just a couple minutes. Um, so if you're planning on leaving, don't leave yet, you know, because uh, we're going to be doing the big giveaway, and uh, Noah's going to be talking about hunts. And, you know, I just want to say hunts. Oh, there's there he is right now. Okay. There he is. Uh-huh. Universe service. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll wait until we get... waiting <laughs> all right he's on standby so yeah so yep. hey don't leave yet guys um yeah Noah's a great guy he's a talented photographer and he, he works for hunts um and uh he's, he's here to talk more about hunts in general and everything introduce himself i guess and hunts and uh and the giveaway of course yeah and you know hunts is a Hunts is a great company. Um, you know, I, I buy pretty much all my gear through there now. Um, and I think, you know, B&H and Adorama, they're great. But I think it's great to support some of the smaller camera stores out there. Um, you know, they provide personalized service. If I have any questions, I can just text any of the people at Hunts, um, and they'll just answer my questions. You know, um, you know, fast shipping, you know, great support. Uh, I just I can't recommend it more highly. Um, so we're, we're happy to have Noah on here tonight. to work with company and ongoing this for coming up here in the neck and beyond hopefully 
And Noah, I don't know if you know, but I believe you are muted and uh, your camera's off. There's another voice crack, of course. <laughs> Live on stream. No, man, I, I think. There we go. Hey, you guys, can you hear me? Yep. Awesome. Sweet. You're welcome. Thanks oh. for having me. Of course. Yeah, thanks for coming on. How's life been going? It's been great. Good. It's been good. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so we'll uh we'll just go ahead and give you the floor here. Uh, awesome. We already kind of gave you an intro here, so uh yeah. Awesome. Coming yeah, on. thank you guys. Um so I just kind of want to talk a little bit about myself first, a little bit more about how I got into photography and where I got to where I am now with hunts. Um I actually started photography when I was around 14 years old. Uh, freshman in high school that's kind of really when my interest um, came about uh, played a lot of sports growing up and was never really that great um, but I still wanted to be involved with them a lot of my friends played sports so photography was kind of a way to still be involved throughout high school um, and really just kind of be involved in that community and photography really it's inspired me to get out and do other things outside of that um, but it really started with sports photography and that's kind of how I got into it so I went to school for photojournalism after that, um, spent two years at the New England School of Photography uh, in Boston, going to school for photojournalism because that's what I wanted to do with my life. And maybe one day I still will, who knows, uh, but for right now, kind of put that on the back burner. And right after I got out of school, um, Hunts actually has a location uh, right across from where I went to school in Boston. Um, you could basically throw a baseball and hit the storefront just across the road. And that was great because I was in there all the time. I knew the people who worked there really well. Um, enjoyed every time I went in there, got to check out the used stuff and was always browsing through that kind of thing. But for me, um, I really loved cameras. Uh, I was definitely a little bit of a camera nerd um, and I still am and love the gear and love the equipment. So I always liked the idea of working at a camera store. So I started working there after school um, and slowly came on full time. And now here I am almost five and a half years later uh, still with hunts. Now I'm actually working out of our South Portland main store. Uh, even though I've been working from home through the pandemic, that's kind of where my home office is. So for me, my start with hunts uh, came from a love of photography for myself and I still love photography. So it's really a great thing that I get to be surrounded by other amazing photographers all the time, get to talk about photography, talk about gear and talk about equipment. And I think that's what makes Hunt so special is everybody at Hunt's is a photographer one way or another or has some sort of photography background and we're all passionate about it. Um, whereas you maybe go into like a big box store uh, and just talk to any one of the sales associates half the time or more than half the time, they probably don't know anything about the photography equipment and the people who do work in the photography area, who knows how actually serious they are about it. So with Hunt's, you're gonna get that personalized service where you're going to talk to somebody who is also a photographer and has a passion for photography. And for me, I love sharing my passions with other people and going out, taking photos with other people and really doing anything. So it really is kind of this whole community aspect for us. Um, and Gary and I, Gary Farber, um, we really kind of put that in everything that we do. It always comes down to customer relationships, getting to know our customers, um, getting to spend time with them at trade shows and conferences and events. Um, it's really such an amazing opportunity. And unlike a lot of other camera stores, you're not getting that same type of experience. So I'm really happy to be a part of it. Uh, Hunts has eight retail locations now all throughout New England. 
five of those are in Massachusetts. Uh, one is in Rhode Island, one is in New Hampshire, and then there's the one up here in Maine, which is where I am and typically working out of. But what's so great about what I've been doing the past two years is I've been able to come on and do things like this with both of you guys. I've done a lot of education, a lot of programs online, and we've gotten to continue to work with all of our customers even through the pandemic. Um, we're not traveling, doing those trade shows as much as we were before. Hopefully we'll start getting into more of it as time goes on, but we've been able to stay connected with all of our customers and really even strengthen a lot of those relationships too. Um, and for us, that is so important. We're not just in it for the one-time sale. We're in it because we want to help the photography community, um, help fellow photographers become better photographers and provide them the gear and the equipment they need to do that and be there to assist them when they have questions on it and help them rec help recommend things to them that maybe they weren't aware of. Um, I love just going on the phone with a customer, talking about what type of photography they do, trying to fill those needs for maybe a certain lens um, or a new camera body and just kind of talk about it. Um, I'm definitely a little bit of a nerd when it comes to that, but I think we all are when it comes to photography. Um, mm -hmm. Even though there's a lot of people out there who say they don't care as much about the gear, everybody I think enjoys it to some extent. And that's what I think makes it so fun um, and such a great place to work for. Um, Hunts has been really great um, and I look forward to doing a lot more of them. So that was kind of the long winded um, spiel and introduction of myself. Um, for any rambling on there, I apologize, but um, it's something that I'm really passionate about and uh, photography will always be a part of my life one way or another. Um, I don't think I'll ever stop taking photographs or I don't think anybody will now that we have smartphones capable of doing so. But um, for me, photography has really shaped who I am today um, and Hunts has been a big part of that and I'm really grateful to be a part of it and I'm always looking forward to working with new customers, helping them get the right gear and equipment. So. Um, yeah, I just want to thank you guys for having me come on for a little bit here, introduce myself, uh, talk a little bit about Hunts, who we are all and what we're all about. Um, if anybody does ever want to get in contact with me, my email is always the best way to reach out, uh, which is just my first initial N and then my last name, Buchanan spelled out, at HuntsPhoto.com. Um, that's always the best way to get in touch with me. So, so yeah. And I'll, um, I'll put that in chat as well for awesome. anybody that wants that. Awesome. Anything else that you guys have for me? I know we're going to do that giveaway here in a, a little bit, but um, any questions that you guys have for me personally about my own work, uh, hunts, anything that we do um, that people are asking about? Um, I mean, do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of the photography you do today, like kind of yeah. the genre you like to work with? Yeah, so I mean, personally, um, I've done a lot of different types of photography. Um, really kind of started off doing more sports and action photography. Um, I went to school again for photojournalism, so I was doing that for quite a while. And then kind of just grew out of it. I think I just grew out of sports in general. Um, I don't really play that many sports anymore besides snowboarding and mountain biking, which are not really team sports like I was playing growing up. Um, but besides that, my love for sports photography kind of has gone away over the years and my love for the outdoors and nature has really increased. Um, so a lot of my work now is around landscape photography, nature photography. Um, I've been getting more into wildlife photography just as I'm being surrounded by more and more wildlife photographers. It's inspiring me to go out and play around with it, which is not something that I've done much of 
Um, but I would say, yeah, I mean, anything outdoors. I love just being outdoors in general. Uh, I hated doing studio photography when I was going to school. I hated doing portraitures, headshots. I didn't like doing product photography and editorial photography. I like being outdoors with my cameras and having these experiences. So that's what it comes down to with me and my photography. I always find it hard to describe what I do because I've done so much. Um, but I would say just nature photography is probably the best way to describe it, whether it be wildlife or landscape photography or anything out in nature, um, I guess would be the simplest terms to kind of summarize it. So, and it's probably going to change, which is what I like about photography. I've done all different sorts of things. And if you get bored of one subject matter or one style of photography, you can do something completely opposite and have a whole different experience. So that's another thing that I love about it so much is the versatility that I have and the capabilities that I have. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I feel like over the years, like in the past couple of years, like we've seen nature photography getting really popular. Um, and, you know, that's one of the things I like about hunts, you know, working with you and Gary and um, some of the others. It's it's really kind of kind of tailored for nature photographers. Like, you know, I know you guys work with, you know, portraits and studio and stuff, but like you really get nature, which I think is great. You know, you don't see that at the bigger stores um, and it's you, it, it's really a different kind of field that requires different equipment and, you know, different knowledge. So. Um, I think it's it's great that you're working with hunts and you're so passionate about it yourself. Yeah, you really and, don't see that a lot. So, and Gary and I have kind of found ourselves in this niche of nature and wildlife photographers that, as a whole, is probably a very small portion of what a photographer does or somebody mm -hmm. who calls themselves a photographer. Um, the nature and wildlife thing is such a small category, so we find ourselves really kind of targeting that audience, especially doing a lot of birding and wildlife festivals um, and have met, met being met so many people over the years. Um, it's led to just some amazing things and it's just a great community in general to be involved with. And uh, we like surrounding ourselves with other like-minded people. Um, and we've made some great friends over the years. Um, I know Gary has for sure, and he's been doing it much longer than I have, but uh, in the few years that I've been traveling and doing these events and conferences, especially the wildlife ones and the birding ones, I would say that's definitely one of our strongest markets where we've been able to build a really good following uh, and a really good kind of rapport with a lot of these people in that industry, um, where when you talk to a fellow wildlife photographer or a bird photographer, there's probably a good chance they've heard of us or seen us at a festival or something along those lines, um, which is something that I think we're pretty proud of. Um, a lot of these birding festivals, Gary has been a big part of adding on photography aspects to them as well. A lot of them that just started off as a birding festival now has a lot of photography um, opportunities because of Gary and his kind of influence in this market. Um, he's kind of a household name, I guess you could say, when it comes to wildlife and nature photographers. So it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's really evident. I haven't followed your work, Noah or uh, Gary, but I've just recently connected to you this year. But I mean, it's been great seeing how much you well represent those younger wildlife photographers and uh, really give them shout outs and you know, work with them directly. So that's really cool. They really, you know, establish those relationships. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I know Gary has been a, a big, uh, a big fighter with that, especially the younger generation of photographers uh, has been something he's been so passionate about kind of bringing up the next generation of photographers, giving them opportunities that a lot of people didn't have when they were doing photography at a younger age and kind of giving them some spotlight that they deserve. So I think that's really awesome. For sure. 
Um, so yeah, I guess we'll just go ahead and uh, go on with the giveaway. Uh, yeah. So uh, you want to talk a little Sounds bit good. about that? Um, yeah. So uh, we're gonna be raffling off, I believe, or I forget how we were picking the winner, but uh, we have a hundred dollar gift card. Uh, two hunts uh, can be used towards anything, uh, whether it be a new lens, new camera, some spare batteries, memory cards. Um, to one of the listeners today, which is really exciting. Um, so did you guys figure out a way how you want to pick the winner? Did we have that all determined yet? Um, yeah, I was thinking the number system. Sure. Um, so you want to explain that? Yeah, so uh, we've kind of done this thing uh, on a lot of these other Zoom sessions where we'll pick a number, uh, one to 100, um, and the person who gets that number first is the winner. Uh, keeps it pretty fair and pretty even. Um, and just kind of a fun way to build some engagement and make sure everybody is actually tuning in. Um, so if you guys want to do it that way, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, um, I good. hope I hope we have enough chatters here to do that, actually. Uh, let's see. Uh, before we start here, can everybody just type like one or something to show you're available? Because if, if we don't have enough people, we'll do a different system. So. Sure. How many people do we have on right now? I think and we have seven right now. So. Okay. Uh, we got Kelly here, so that's good. I know she'd put that gift card to great use. <laughs> Buy some great equipment. <laughs> No, she does uh, like uh, beach beach side photography. So she does like these okay. abstracts of sand and stuff that are really really. That's cool. awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah. She does great work. That sounds really cool. Living by the beach or relatively close to the beach, I don't get there as often as I should. I feel kind of guilty that mm -hmm. I live so close to the ocean, but like a lot of my times is spent more in the mountains or lakes mm -hmm. and <laughs> away from the ocean because that's the busiest part of Maine. So I feel a little bit guilty that. I don't take that to my full advantage right. and get out there and shoot as often. Yeah, that's understandable. How close are you to, like, Acadia National Park and places like From that? From where I am now, Acadia, if there's no traffic, just over two hours. Uh, if there is traffic, especially in the summertime, uh, two and a half, three hours. So really not that far. And for not being that far, it's another place I don't go frequently enough. I probably only go once or twice a year at most. So it's something that I definitely want to visit more. And when I am there, I usually spend about a week or so. I've done a couple events up there. Um, it's an awesome place. Um, I prefer in the off season because during fall and all the peak foliage is just insane. All the hotels are sold out. There's people everywhere. So you got to get up real early, uh, go to some more less known locations to avoid the crowds. Uh, but in the off season, it's pretty amazing too, even in the wintertime. Awesome. Yeah, it's a beautiful place up there. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't look like we have a lot of active chat people right now, uh, which is fine. You know, it's it's yeah. kind of late. So uh, <laughs> do you know of any other good systems for that? I don't know if we could do something on our Instagram or something. Or... Yeah, I think it would be awesome to do something on the Instagram, maybe okay. um, do a post or something about this episode mm -hmm. um, and oh, some, find some way to maybe have people go back and comment on it or um, – mm -hmm whoever comments gets entered in and then we kind of do like a randomizer maybe after 24 hours everybody who comments on the post will be entered in to win and then from those comments we'll randomly pick a winner i think that could work yeah i think that's cool yeah and i i can i can get that handled i can email you the the winner and stuff and awesome uh, yeah and we can have yeah, them contact you so uh yeah if you have any uh any other thoughts or uh 
Anything no, else? I just want to say thanks to you guys for having me on for a little bit. Um, it's been really fun. I'm looking forward to um, talking to whoever ends up winning that gift card. Um, hopefully you got something good to mind to use it towards. So uh, it should be up on the page soon. Um, but other than that, just want to thank you guys again. If anybody does have any questions for myself about hunts, if you're looking for new gear or new equipment, uh, feel free to reach out to me via email. It's always the best way to get a hold of me. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing another one of these again soon, guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank, thank you, now. Happy thanks, holidays. Guys. Have a good one. See you soon. Bye-bye. You too. All right, that was oh, great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That was a great guy. So I hope everyone enjoyed uh, hearing about him and uh, more about hunts and everything. Mm-hmm. So like we said earlier, we're looking forward to really working with both him and you know the company at large um, in the coming year. Mm-hmm. And, like, when he says he's a photographer, like, he's really a photographer. I mean, he, he goes out every weekend pretty much and shoots. So, like, he's, he's dedicated to it, um, and he brings that to his job too. So I could not, hide, I could not recommend Hunts more highly. It's, it's great. So. And digital and film too, mm-hmm. from Noah specifically. Yeah. yeah, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, I do agree with that. It's, like, sometimes you go to those, like, big box stores, um, Mm-hmm. I don't know, like a Best Buy or something with a name drop, but like they might not know every single bit about it, but like, yeah, you go to like someone like him and it's like lived. He's like, he's a photographer. Like he knows his stuff more. Like, probably help you better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, uh, we got a couple more questions. Um, so, how did you start getting involved with brands? Uh, did they reach out or notice you, or did you have to speak up for yourself? Um, so I think we'll kind of just both answer this for our own platforms. Um, uh, for me, um, I was lucky enough to just get reached out to um, by a couple people. Uh, Gary from Hunts was one of them. Um, you know, a couple other groups too. And you just kind of have to push yourself out there, you know, make content on multiple platforms. You know, I've gotten discovered from not just Instagram, but also YouTube. Uh, mostly just those two, um, and you know, just put yourself out there, and the opportunities will come. I mean, you just you can't force things. Um, you don't want to burn a bridge by going to someone that you know may not want you at, in the current state you're in. Um, but you know, once you've developed your portfolio a bit more, you know, developed your content, um, you could definitely, um, you could definitely, uh, you know, do that. Um, sorry, Mike. I don't know what happened with the video. Okay, there we go. Um, so yeah, that's how that's how it happened for me. What about you, Ryan? Um, well, specifically in this scenario, um, I know Gary reacted on comment posts Instagram. Um, same for you, Henry. And um, he just seemed like a really nice guy. He just always wanted to you know reach out and be like, hey, you know, great shot, all that stuff. And then um, and I started working with you, Henry, uh, more directly. And um, it's basically through you is the reason why I met him and started working with him more recently uh, the past couple months. And uh, now he's going to be working with the show and everything, which is pretty awesome. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's just been, it's all about really, like you said, just kind of putting yourself out there. Um, even if it's, I just feel like it's good, it's good to have standards with like the quality of the work you do in general, just in general, basically. But like you and I are doing this show almost weekly um, you know, weeks here. weekly we 
um, working together as just a two-person team, um, you know, getting guests on, you know, working all that details and scheduling everything and mm-hmm. promoting it. But it's just the two of us. Like, we're not hiring any outside people. Yep. Um, and we still aren't with, you know, with Hunts. They're only going to help us promote more, but, like, mm-hmm. it's Henry and I are the only sole members that really make this machine mm-hmm. run. And we and, both um, have, you know, day yeah. jobs and school and, you know, all that kind of stuff, too, on top of that, so. Mm-hmm. And still making time for photography. Yep. <laughs> so that way we have something to talk about on the show. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's just simply, I mean, I hate to use the culture. Like, it is a definitely, like I just, like you said, just a continuous keep doing, you know, what you want to do more of. And in some ways, a lot of opportunities will come your way, but you still have to put yourself out there. And um, like we said earlier about, you know, emailing Thomas Heaton, just, any, you know, just making, making an appearance, being professional and just, yeah, promoting it without being too, like, annoying or having, like, an ego about it, of course. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just amazed we even got to this point, you know. And honestly, I, I still say, like, even without these opportunities that came our way, like, I would still do this show just mm-hmm. because I just like talking to people about this stuff. So, you know, yep. at the end of the day, that's really what it's about for me, at least. Definitely. Yeah, that's a great mm-hmm. answer right there. Um, you know, we have one more question, question. here. Uh, thoughts on indoor photography. Um, so I've I've done a decent amount. Um, I do. I mean, the guy who asked this, he knows this because he used to do theater with me before he graduated. But actually, do the photography for my school's plays. Um, so that's indoor. Um, it's harder to deal with lighting. Um, I know a specific example. I actually shot um, a political campaign about a month ago. Um, that was like kind of a, a gig I did. Um, and the lighting was extremely hard. Like it's like I had to use a higher ISO than I do in like early morning light. It was that dark. So I had to use like a one fiftieth of a second shutter speed and like ISO eight thousand and it was so dark. Um, it it was a lot of challenges, but it was fun. You know, it's it's not quite as I I don't feel as like peaceful. Um, but it's still photography. So I like it. I don't do it as much. Um so what about you, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree where it's just like I definitely prefer the outdoor part naturally because that's what the show is about here. But um, I, I definitely definitely indoor. It's, it's a lot harder, like you said, because you're always like light in general is always in scarcity, mm-hmm. um, even with bright artificial light. Like if it's if it's like um, out of control, like you don't you can't direction it like with strobes, like. It just it, it becomes like really tough to meter for images and to just whatever you shoot and make it underexposed or like you may have to shoot at like a higher ISO, which you know introduces more noise. There's just a lot more variable. Whereas outdoor is kind of like day comes and that's just how it works most of the time at least. But first, like yeah, I'm just like deciding this more. Maybe I'm a little scared of indoors. Maybe should I try it more to, uh, mm. you know, get out of the comfort zone a little bit more with it. Yeah, and I think indoors, yeah, it's kind of hard to find things to shoot indoors because you kind of have to have an event first. Um, it's not just like nature where you can go out and find something. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely different yeah. with scheduling and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a couple of years ago, I did an aquarium. I went. I went all indoors and as you can imagine very dark so i was shooting mm-hmm. at super high iso handheld because i don't think they allow tripods but 
Um, I guess more recently, when I did my abandoned like urban exploration shoot, that was partially in, but like with some exposed light peering through windows and cracks and whatever the roof or whatever I may be at, and like it was tough. Like it was, it wasn't tough because I had a tripod with me, but like it was more indoors, so I had to be more mindful of metering for shadows, so that way there's more there's some shadow detail. Because um, if you don't and you just underexpose, there's a lot. Um, it's just black and there's no detail. And uh, of course you want light and shadow detail to provide depth and all that stuff. Um, but that, that's probably the most recent like indoor shoot I've done. Um, albeit it was kind of still outdoors, you know, because mm -hmm. yeah, uh, holes in the roof and stuff. Yeah, uh -huh. but, yeah basically. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess it was indoors enough to consider mm -hmm. that. Yeah, and this is a good time to announce we're doing an offshoot called the All Indoors Photography Podcast. Um, about all our indoor <laughs> endeavors <laughs> that's going to be every other week um no just kidding yeah. but um you know we'll to be a know, once a year episode <laughs> yeah i mean i'd be glad to talk about it i know we are all outdoors but you know the things still apply you still have to do editing and aperture shutter speed iso so um, it's still photography for sure i, I will say pulls up to do that oh yeah that that'd be great honestly like uh <laughs> Like a studio oh portraits or something. Yeah, I'm quitting birds. Yeah, we'll call all, all. People only now. <laughs> birds aren't real. Uh -huh. Birds aren't real, man. Yes. Now, I will say, <laughs> like, it's hard birds. because the lenses I have, you know, the, like the 1635 f4 and my 100 to 500, they're not necessarily good event lenses. Like, there's, I love them, you know, outside, uh, but inside with like the apertures, like, you know, like. My 100-500 is like an f6.3 for most of the range, so it's hard indoors. Um, and I think if I was more, you know, into that, I'd buy like 2.8 lenses. But, um, you know, it's just kind of a different set of gear, too. Like, you can use the same camera body, but if, if I did it more, I'd definitely kind of invest a little bit. So. Yeah, it's a whole different mindset. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of dodging around the question, but it's it's similar enough. Um you know, for my YouTube channel, I do some like indoor, like in my studio kind of like videos. And that's, that takes a decent amount of setup to really get the lighting mm -hmm. right and feel professional enough, you know, and it's not too mm -hmm. underexposed. Um, so it's not really photos, but I mean, it's like, mm -hmm. I think it's an idea of the course. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a different thing than just going outside, just flipping it and being like recording. Sorry, that was really close to my camera, but recording you know just a video of me talking or something it's a different style um it requires a different thinking i guess whatever it may be yeah um so what i what i do is i kind of have one setup that i just leave up um so i have this what i'm actually shooting on right now i have this camcorder um that i used to use for some outdoor videos but now i just have it mounted on a tripod uh, right behind my computer and i actually did a new angle today um and, you know, it's just kind of nice to have something set up there, um, you know, for all my programs. And also I can use it for YouTube as well. So I'd highly suggest something like that, um, too, just kind of working that angle and just kind of making it look cinematic. You know, it's not the highest quality in the world, but it works for what I do, so. Yeah, I think that's important to note is, like, if, especially if you're, like, a budding photographer, we'll say amateur, which, you know, that's – it's a negative term used negatively, we'll say, but like it just means for the love of it. But like to shoot indoors, you don't need like these big budget, 
yeah. like studio strobes and flashes. Mm-hmm. Like you can really be creative with it, and like maybe you call it cheating a little bit, but like you can use available light from a window that has a good fill, like light peering through the room or whatever you're gonna be at, or and even that, a lamp. Choose like a. Br- like- yeah, yeah, or choose like a brighter, or like um, I'm not sure if you see like the color behind it. It's like a light, like beige kind of mm-hmm. like taupe color. So it's like an off white, like a creamy white, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like just basically brighter walls will make more light kind of like reflect and bounce off in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's just there's so many different ways. Even shoot, I've done uh, aluminum foil as like a reflector, calling up a sheet of it or something. Mm-hmm. Like you can get creative with it and try different things. Um, yeah. Just look up like DIY, like indoor light flash studio things. Like you, you can really, when you really think outside the box, like if you have a shoestring budget or something, like you can really come up with some creative ways to make photographs indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, for my light, I'm just using a $20 softbox I got off Amazon and a, an IKEA lamp. So that's it. And it looks <laughs> decent, you, you know, as long as you get the exposure right and stuff and have a decent background, you know, you can have a a good shot you know just leave it set up and just hit record whenever you want to make content so yeah definitely mm-hmm. and yeah i'm using like a flashpoint ring light which i know ring lights are kind of like a joke because they said it's for like makeup tutorials or some crap you know people joke mm-hmm. about those but that's what i use and then you i have these two lamps the one behind me another one off the side here mm-hmm. um and like yeah i mean it's just audio is more important anyways i would argue with video oh yeah um, in general but mm-hmm. It's good news. Um, I guess I could briefly talk. Um, I just moved. If any of you haven't noticed, I moved studio. We'll say I'm still in my same house, but like I moved rooms. And this room's so much better because it has carpeted floor, and it's like it's overall a lot smaller than the big living room I was in. So like the audio is gonna be so much better from here on out. Yeah, that's awesome. And you could probably be more focused. In good like question, a, though. A closed off room too kind of focus on projects more yeah oh definitely mm. definitely shout out to my brother because he always goes in the kitchen like it it's funny I, i'm not sure if you can hear me from the other room he's in um the microwave but like the earliest e- the microwave man the microwave haunts me to this day the mic it's the loudest thing and it's funny because <laughs> now that the <laughs> and like you want to talk about starting off with like what you have like listen to our earliest episodes like the first mm. 15 i kind of got better about muting my mic when he would go in there but like those earliest episodes you can hear when there's a microwave and it like mm-hmm. it's like in another room but like because there's no closing of doors or walls uh-huh. to like block the sound like you hear and like and the so parrot that's, too that's what i was yeah that's what i was dealing with uh-huh. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but then I learned. Oh, maybe I should mute my mic, and that way uh-huh. I'm not, you know, if I'm not speaking or whatever, I'm just listening. Like I'll just do that. And then we That's also had the, the Zincaster Chronicles too. That's a, a whole other thing as well. The Dark Ages for our mm-hmm. show. Yeah, man. But yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things you look back on those kind of like times i guess and it's like at least for me like i'm just i laugh at it now like it's amusing but like at the time just like i'm trying to record like the highest quality thing ever but it's it's yeah it's fun i guess to look back on that stuff mm-hmm. that's funny i just remember yeah. that though the microwave the microwave and a bird uh-huh. 
I mean, I remember, like, the early microphone I was using, it would, like, change its volume on its own, so I'd be super loud sometimes, super quiet, um, and I, I would frequently, <laughs> my computer would crash all the time, I mean, it still crashes all the time, but um, it's, it's crazy, yeah, I mean, it's, there's so many technical issues that happen with the show, but uh, we, we pull it together somehow. Yeah, we sure do, and it, it's definitely gotten better over the past, mm-hmm. whatever, year and a half it's been. Yep. Um, I've kind of, we I've kind of learned. Was, it's been a learning experience for both of us. Yeah, I've kind of learned about audio editing a lot. Like, I kind of already knew about video stuff, but, like, audio. Um, I've been working in, like, Premiere to, like, you know, bring up the EQ and, like, enhance, like, our voice tones and, like, get rid of some of that noise. Um, so I hope Check it sounds better. and stuff. Yeah, check all the levels, make sure everything's balanced. Because that was, it's hard to balance. Because, like, um, especially when there's guests, there's two different audios on one track, and then there's me. So I have to balance all that. That can be hard. Um, even when it's just us two, I got to make sure that's kind of our levels are on the same plane. Um, and that was the nice thing about Zencaster. It kind of had more control over that. <laughs> um, but we, I think we drew the line when we lost um, Corey Hart. We've had him on now twice um but on our first episode uh which I, you know that was kind of more natural because you know it's first time we lost it completely because of zencaster um, so after that we just switched to google meet for guests and uh discord here for uh just our solo episodes um so uh it's it's been a road definitely we've used many different softwares uh, skype in the beginning uh, oh yeah i forgot about yeah. that Oh, that that was decent. Nice. I didn't have any problems that with that. Off. But, yeah. I don't remember it being too big a problem, but we we yeah. found better things, I think. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> we probably should have sticked to Z- Skype over Zencaster at least, but <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Remember how excited we were though? We're like Zencaster, uh-huh. this is good. This is good. And it, it it's, was it's good, good when it works. Yeah. It when it works. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly, exactly. Um man, that's funny. Yeah, if you want, maybe we could talk about a little bit about what really goes into making this show a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. sure. So, so between the two of us, for any, anyone doesn't know, um, I guess we'll divulge these details. But like, for since just like the two of us are really creating this and putting this together, um, I handle more of like the script writing. So like, if it's guests, um, question. Basically, I do some research if they have like videos or photos or a website or you know any information basically I can gather. Um, I look at all the work. I really kind of like consume it really think about it for a little while and then I, I formulate some questions maybe i'll have or whatever it may be um mm-hmm. so i handle more of like the script writing and then solo topics between two of us i um a lot of those not to take credit but like a lot of them are i think stuff i just come up with at random yeah and uh i'll write like an episode about that and uh we go from there um and uh i don't know what else what else do i do really i, I sometimes post i guess um yeah, I don't know what else. I made the logo. I mean, you you provide so much um, guests. Like, you just know oh, so many yeah. more people. Like yeah. the net, I feel like you're kind of our networking guy too. You really reach out mm-hmm. to people. You're able to get them on, and you you have a lot more connections. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess script writing and, and guests and connections. Yeah. Well, I've met years in, in the industry, um, and it's great having them all doing some more. Um, and then you, Henry, you work, you, you do like everything else with like the pretty much the technological side. I just kind of do scripts and guests. You do literally, like you just said, the audio, the video, 
make these clips, put together um, little segments and stuff, um, mm -hmm. and like every every basically everything to like the uploading and the creation of like the actual like recording. You handle all that. I just yeah show up and talk. Well, I wouldn't boil it down to that. You you do a lot more than that. But um, at this point, I mean, I've pretty much got it down to a, a pretty simple process. I just I record in OBS. You know, we talk in Discord. I I record that call through OBS, um, and you know, I'll get the slideshow. Um, you know, Ryan will give me some photos, or the guests will give me some photos. I put that together. Um, that's very simple. It takes me maybe like five minutes. It takes a while to export, but you know, I can just leave that all in the background. Um, and then I'll just I'll put that over the audio, just do a little bit of audio editing, um, and then I'll, I'll edit the full podcast. Um, Ryan does the intro, too, which is very helpful. Um, he sends that over. I'll put, yeah, I'll put the intro in there, um, and then I'll just edit the audio. Um, I generally, um, I don't always listen to the full podcast. I do listen to it always on, like, twice speed, uh, just because, you know, for time's sake. I still can hear everything, um, but... You know, it's I don't have to listen to every you know second. You know, I'm still getting every second, but at a faster rate. Um, and I'll cut out the mistakes because we do make mistakes occasionally. It's gotten a lot better. Like I don't make a lot of cuts anymore, which is really nice. Um, a lot less work for me, um, and we're just better at talking. I think <laughs> in general. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I'll just put the outro on at the end. Um, I'll export that, and while that's exporting, I got this down to a full process now. So. Um, once tell. that's exporting, <laughs> I'll put the I'll get the raw audio file back in, and then I'll I'll search through it um, and find some clips. I do three clips a week, um, so I'll cut those up, put two photos over that, two or three photos, um, and then export those. Um, and on, honestly, kind of the longest process. Um, well, I'd say it's probably about equal is scheduling everything. Uh, getting the clips scheduled and the YouTube schedule and all the descriptions. Like, I'll, you know, I copy and paste over from our document and put it on the description. Uh, but that takes quite a bit of time because there's, like, a lot of stuff there. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, if I sit down to do it, which I do it a lot where I just sit down and get it done all at once, it's about three hours from, you know, sitting down to finishing, um, which isn't bad, honestly. So it's, uh, I like doing it. I enjoy it, you know. Um, for some of the, when I'm not audio editing, I can have a, you know, video on in the background or something when I'm scheduling and stuff. So, uh, it's you know, it's it's great. So I really enjoy it. That's cool because you and I both like almost we just kind of like figured out our roles with this. Like we really mm -hmm. didn't. I don't think we really were like like I'll do the script, but like or you mm -hmm. do the video editing. Like we just kind of like found it on our own, I guess, which is pretty cool. And mm -hmm. it's it's worked for us. Like the two of us get it done week after week. So it's mm -hmm. pretty great. Yeah, and we and we both kind of handle the Instagram. You know, I do the majority of the posts, but you also post quite a bit too. Um, but you do a lot of story interactions, you know, people interactions, all that stuff, which is, you know, very important for a podcast. Um, so, yeah, and we've grown that Instagram pretty nicely. I mean, we've got 143 followers now, which is pretty great. Uh, and and well, we, we didn't necessarily seek out people just to follow us. Like, they found us, which is pretty awesome. Um, and yeah, it's it's been good. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think, um, since it's 936, I think we should probably go ahead and go into our images. Um, I've got them into Lightroom here by date, so we'll, I guess we'll just go one by one, and if it's your image, we'll, you'll just take it, and if it's mine, I'll, I'll just take it, if that's alright. Yeah, sounds good. Okay.
let me make sure the screen get the screen up here basically we're going to be doing about 12 images each so i think we're doing i don't know i, I select at least once one from each month i don't know about you uh yes i did yep okay cool and it, i mean it's hard choosing favorites but mostly you can relate to big photos so i just mm -hmm. kind of choose a few that were like i just thought were good photos on their own maybe they didn't have some compelling story but like mm -hmm. some of them i have really i think good stories or cool neat things that happened with them other ones, it's just kind of like, it's a cool image. Uh, let me change one thing on OBS real quick. It's, let's see. Okay, there we go. Are you going to go full screen right now? Yeah, there we go. Okay. I'm just making cool. sure the YouTube can see it. All right, so I think this is yours first up. Yep. Um... So yeah, this is uh, a downy woodpecker. It's a male one. You can tell by the red on the back of his head. And um, I was actually with Kyle Owen. Shout out to Kyle. He was a guest on our show um, earlier this year, and I've gone out shooting with him plenty of times. Um, and we were both at a local nature preserve. Um, this, this is in January. I didn't mention that. So I started this year, about a year ago almost now. Um, and yeah, him and I, were, I was taking him out there. I don't think we already been out to the place we're at. And uh, there's some bird feeders set up um, near this like little nature center building. And uh, so we're just like, we stood by that with our, you know, gear. I had, I had my, I think we just had our, our just big telephoto slung over ourselves uh, doing birds that day, you know, binoculars and everything. And uh, yeah, so we were just watching. I mean, we spent like a good, almost, probably almost a solid hour, honestly, uh, just like staking out this spot and i mean like the birds were right on top of us because they're all you know in winter desperate to feed and so we were pretty much real close and i don't know i think what the excess data is on the um like what focal length i was at but i mean i think it was less than 600 um or whatever hmm. and uh yeah just shooting just different birds um chickadees white-breasted nuthatch um, cardinals um, maybe juncos because it was winter just anything like that and um, there's this down honey right and uh, basically this nature preserve has like it's like lots of rocky habitat and everything and this is on like the side of the building like where the foundation meets basically perched and just like lined up perfectly i was already in vertical you know and just like focus around the eye of course and it got this i got a shot of it looking um basically to the other side but i i prefer this one that's actually looking like across its body that way um so, but I got both shots and perfectly exposed, sharpened. Like this was like my ideal bird shot that I, you know, so desperate to get, but like it doesn't always happen. I was really excited about. That's pretty much all there is with that. So just a really solid bird, uh, bird portrait that I am looking seeking out there, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a great shot. It's nice and uh, frame filling, um, and it's interesting. Like the rocky environment, you don't see that often. Um, for woodpeckers, so it's, yeah, it's really great. Yeah, the, I think that's what drew it, drew it to me. Not only like the shot itself and the bird, but like yeah, definitely that backdrop and the the perch. It's like a natural perch, but like it's definitely unlike like you'd imagine a woodpecker being a tree, but this one was almost down near near the ground basically, and was like on this rock, just you know, clinging onto the side of it. So it was definitely a very different shot, and that pleasant overcast light of winter, you know, just really complimented overall. So. Yeah, that's one of my favorite images of this year, easily. It's a great way to start off the year. Um, I think it was one of, like, one of the first images I took this year that I got really, like, excited about. And even, like, on the back of the camera being like, you know, this one's awesome. 
Yeah, it's from Jibble Pal. Cool. All right, so uh, can you see the next one? Um, yes. Okay. So uh, next up, thank you. Uh, so this is um, <laughs> taken in just a local park. Um, taken in January, I believe. Um, and I think Louisville only got one day of snow. So I, uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest, it was online school. So I just left my classes and I said, I'm going to go out and shoot. Um, they, you know, it was, uh, it was a different time, you know, COVID, height of COVID. Um, so I, uh, I had to get out into the snow. Uh, this is just a local park, just a couple miles from my house. Uh, I believe I drove down here. Um, and I just, I set up my camera. Uh, and, you know, this creek in the summer uh, is very undesirable, um, very kind of ugly, um, you know, with just some, you know, just, it's not great. But in the winter, uh, you got that nice soft sky, um, the snow covering the branches, and it just was a really cool landscape, and it just kind of presented itself. Um, you know, it's wide angle. Uh, you know, it doesn't have necessarily a foreground element, but it's got, like, the leading line of the lake and the, or of the creek and the reflection, so I really liked it. Awesome, man. That is a great shot. I love the fresh snow, like, look to it, and just got all the tree limbs and stuff lining the snow and everything. Um, I think what makes it for me is that blue sky, and it gets mirrored in the, the water, too, so that's mm -hmm. awesome. That's a great Thanks. shot. Thanks. I am I just noticing one error, however, though, this pole, I forgot to remove it. I need to go back and remove oh, that. Oh, uh, <laughs> I never noticed that until now, and I've used this image for no. a lot of things, but it's interesting. Huh. Whoops. <laughs> I didn't know that until you said it, honestly, because uh -huh. it blends in. Like, if it was summer and that pole was there, you'd be like, uh -huh. oh, that thing's got to go. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, I believe the next one here is actually taken on the same day, and this is another one of my 12, just because of how much I like it. Uh, so this is mm -hmm. a white-tailed deer in the snow, and I, I these are the same white-tailed deer I work with quite a bit, um, just down in my local park. And this is probably just taken feet away from where that other image was taken. Um, and just kind of very different, you know, beautiful snowy environments. Uh, you got that tree kind of framing the deer. Um, you know, it's pretty messy with the sticks, but I think it's one of the few situations that actually works for me because um, I found kind of a window there. Um, just kind of one of my favorite deer shots. So. Yeah, yeah, I definitely see that now with the, the tree there. It definitely frames it well. But yeah, I feel like it adds to it, the chaos of it a little bit mm -hmm. more. It feels more intense also. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and I think without the snow, it wouldn't work as well. Like it wouldn't, it would just be kind of more of a documentary shot. But I think it works mm -hmm. with the snow. Yeah, definitely. I, I like the uh, the other like fawn or whatever off to the side, the doe. Mm -hmm. you, can, you basically just see the ears and like one eyelid. You know, yeah, it's pretty. It's a nice uh -huh. image too. Just out of yeah. focus too. And it's it's pretty crazy. Right after this. Um, I had a pretty dangerous experience with these deer. There were about 12. You can't see them. You only see two. Um, and, you know, I wasn't bothering the deer. I was. I kept my distance. Um, this is pretty cropped in, too. Uh, but a sheep, well, not a sheepdog, but, like, it looked like a sheepdog. Um, I, I think it's actually called sheepdog the breed. Um, it was in the park. Some lady was walking it. And you're supposed to have a leash, but she didn't. And this dog chased after this pack of about 12 deer. And they all came bounding towards me directly. So I actually had to leave my camera on the tripod and run away because they would have, like, seriously injured me, if not, you know, killed me. Uh, so it's kind of a mixed emotions on the shot, too. Um, so, you know, watch out for that, you know, if there's dogs in the area, you know. 
Um, but it's definitely a cool story behind it. So you live to tell the tale. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I I encounter that so much at parks. Is like people just without leashes on dogs, and like I if I just I can't count how many times I see like you know dog running ahead of a trail in the opposite direction, and like yeah, I just stop in my tracks. You're supposed to be just calm and still. Mm-hmm. So I'm like I don't know if there's any. You're just running around like. There's been too many times I almost been chased by a dog, and I'm like, never bit me, but like, you don't know where it's going or where it's right. from. Like, and it's like, yeah, I don't blame you. That's yep. a scary moment. I'm sorry <laughs> about the date order here. I'm sure we'll have one of yours next here. That's fine. Uh, These but, are great uh, shots. Thank you, thank you. Uh, this is uh, taken in February, I believe. Uh, this is it's an interesting place that this was taken. This is just taken um, right by a golf course. I find that golf courses can have really good birds, um, and this is just one of my favorite little trails by there. Um, and this hawk landed basically right in front of me, and I just seized the moment. He was just there for a couple seconds, um, and I got this shot, just kind of a standard you know, portrait. Uh, but I like the blue sky. I don't often like it, but I think it works with this. It's kind of the sticks back there. Uh, and, yeah, it's kind of my closest shot of a raptor I've gotten uh, so far. So. Solid, you know, bird portrait. I like the green too behind it. It's nice, subtle, but like it's just kind of adds to the earthy kind of feel of it too. Okay. Nice even light on it as well. It's it's like solidly lit. Like in most trees and woodlands, or yeah, I guess golf golf course is a little more sparse. But like you'd, you'd imagine like birds being in shadow, but like this one's just kind of like more of um, just kind of out in the open and everything. Uh huh. Yeah, and this was midday too, which. You know, I was pretty lucky mm-hmm. to get the right angle of light and, you know, the right amount, so. Yeah, meter four and everything. Yeah, golf courses are great, man. I just yeah. got my life for a red-breasted nuthatch at a golf course. Oh, nice. Like, yeah. Is, you know, uh-huh. Cool, man. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay, here, we'll go to one of yours real quick, and then we'll go back to that one. <laughs> no, 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 we're good. Uh, this is right, Um, so this is February for me. Um, I went to a local uh, nature preserve. It's not really like a nature preserve. It's like like a little like leaf trail to along a creek here. Um, and this one's called Old Town Creek, um, named after a now kind of disappeared almost like it's basically with Native Americans and other stuff is where it's got its name or something. Early inhabitants. Anyways, um, so this is like a little creek. Um, pretty simple shot. I just want to try some long exposure because that whole winter. I didn't try any, and it was like, like I said, February this year, and I was like, just eager to like try it, slow down that shutter, and just try it again. And so the composition's not crazy; it's not anything I haven't done before, but like I, I do like it enough where I'm just off the creek side, um, because the snow was melting. I think that day, and it was actually a pretty warm day. I think it was like 40, 50 degrees. Uh, so it really felt like a first proper spring day of this year, for the season that is. And um, I didn't have waiter boots on, so I just took this from the side, as you can probably tell by, like, the top-down view of it. Um, it's fairly wide. Um, but I think the part that adds it, that makes it for me, I'll say, is I use neutral density filter to really slow down that water um, in there and drag it farther, because it was pretty loud and flowing, albeit pretty shallow, as you can tell up here. Um, but I also like the, uh, the inclusion of this uh, little driftwood or whatever off to the edge there that's just, like, collected mm-hmm. on the side of the creek there. And um, I was, I, did, I just think it's neat where it's kind of like pointing in a direction, the water's flowing. 
So that's like the one little element or detail that like I added there that I was like, this makes it a little different enough that I like it on its own. Mm-hmm. And also the rocks are pointing too. Um, kind of the triangular rocks are all pointing in the water flow direction as well, which is very great too. Yeah, yeah, good point actually. Yeah, now I see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's just with the water carving that way yeah. with erosion basically. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yep. But, um, um, yeah, just a simple but effective shot. It was, it was good even light that day too. So like I have to worry about highlights blown out and the like the brighter white parts of the water. Yeah, I think it's – I love this shot. I mean, this is one of my favorites oh, of yours you. from this year. Like, honestly, it's it's very great. Um, I think it's the log at the bottom, you know, like you said, the, the line pointing with the water flow um, is perfect. Um, I love the moss detail there. And I think the shutter speed, I don't know how much experimenting you did, but I think you got it perfect. Like, there's a perfect amount of flow in water. You're showing the rocks up at the top. And then at the bottom where it's getting faster, you get kind of that wispy look. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. So, um, you know, great job. I think it's, it's great. I guess it's also the meaning of the water, too, with that uh-huh. like the branch or whatever. And it kind of, like, converges and it just kind of leaves, you know, jumps out the frame, too. But mm-hmm. so I love, I guess, from the same perspective, that tree, too. So like what would like what do you mean See, by eye level like shooting straight across or if I if it was in the creek like actually in it mm. like you wouldn't be able to tell that tree that tree branch would be like pointing so to speak so like oh, that yeah, top yeah. down view now I'm looking at it again honestly I haven't looked at this image since I took it like in February and edited of course so I guess it's the neat part about doing this right now is like looking at mm. the old images but um, yeah now I'm looking at it again I'm like you couldn't get that same perspective. Composition. Mm-hmm. It's really sharp too, as well. I think you nailed the focus. So. Thank you. I'd probably bracket it, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised. Exposure <laughs> yeah. or much all this focus bracketing? <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I edited this a bit more. I'm not sure why the edits aren't showing up, but yeah, this is a uh, chickadee uh, taken up in Michigan last winter um, in February, I believe. Um, you know, just kind of a kind of speaks winter to me with the red plants and the snow white sky. Uh, and yeah, the chickadee, if you notice, it has a little morsel uh, that it's probably about to eat um, in its in its claws. So yeah, just kind of a cool shot. Simple but effective. I, I like the red finely looking branches it's on. Like the red and white kind of is like a nice contrast too. Yeah, and I think it's you know, usually you don't want white sky, but I think it works here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez, are so cute, man. Ah <laughs> uh, no. Love no. Them. This guy got so yeah. close, so and it's like, and I say f- that one framed to like the two like dominant horizontal lines mm-hmm. too. Thank you. All right. So uh, this one, um, this actually, I love this image. It's probably my favorite wildlife image of the year. Um, It's actually hanging on my wall. Um, This is taken up in Fripp Island. So I have have a family member that lives up there. So I I stayed with her uh, for spring break. And I did a ton of bird photography, a ton of landscapes. Um, And, you know, I found an egret rookery. 
I was lucky enough to find one. Uh, so I was able to work with them for like an hour um, and get some great shots. And I really like this one, just kind of the formation of the three egrets. Um, I think the lighting, it was kind of early morning light, so it was very conducive to the green, brought out that green. Um, and I, I just really like it. And it's got that tropical, those tropical plants as well. Yeah, I remember when you posted this one, I was like, dude, this is awesome. I just love the like the bouncing back and forth, like that playful composition on this. Plus with the egrets and that, that breeding plumage, that green too, that's like it's neat because mm -hmm. it kind of kind of like provides like a sense of place with them too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a, such a great shot. And the selective focus is cool too and everything with it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, great great stuff from you. Yeah, I love working in these like tropical areas. Um it's it's very unique. You know, I see these birds in Louisville, but, you know, it's just different when you get them on their, the native plants and, you know, kind of the, the, the environment they're, you know, naturally in uh, most times of the year. Um, I'm pretty excited, actually, next year um, I'm going to be going up to Florida or down to Florida. Uh, and I'll be able to get similar species like this um, work with that again. So I'm excited. Like, when I did this, this is kind of my first trip where I focused a lot on wildlife. Um, and since then, I've kind of grown a lot in my skills. So I'm looking forward to um, adding some more egret and, you know, other shots to my portfolio. Yeah, I see some interesting subjects, too. Thank you. All right. So this is March. Um I bet most outdoor photographers would agree, but like springtime is probably like the best time of year. If I had to choose one season, I would say spring, especially early spring. So March is really when things ramp up. Um, photo tip is like it's basically like this timetable of all these different, mainly wildflowers, but also some birds and just everything. You know, you start getting tree buds, the leaves come back, and everything slowly. Um, but you start getting these frosts emerging, and you find the sun, looks like sunrise. Anyways. Um, so this is like early sunrise day. You can tell that kind of backlit, like uh, drop this bouquet a little bit. Um, so there's lots of this like uh, sun sunrise light, basically golden hour light behind it. And this is a blood root flower, um, named because if you apparently if you cut it or something like that, if you cut the stem, it, it produces this like a red, very vibrant like scarlet red color that's almost like reminiscent of blood. Uh, but anyways, this is when it's furled up because these flowers apparently um, day in and day out. Um, to like their short lifespan because they're ephemeral flowers in spring. So that means only around um, until the tree canopy and the leaves fully, you know, I guess come out and grow and they get shadowed by it. They just basically retreat to the ground until next spring. Um, so this uh, bloodroot, um, they, they basically close up their petals and then reopen them every morning. So this is actually just before I did it, basically. And it was still like pretty frosty out, um, but it's starting to warm up. It's a little bit different. I've gotten the top-down view of these bloodroot previously, and it's one of my favorite flowers overall. Um, but this one's different because I did it at eye level, and I did it of just, just like the farm oriole. And so it's a little bit different, and um, to identify, it's a little bit trickier if you don't know what to look for. So you might not know what it is, but um, yeah. It's one of my favorite images this year. I just love the pastoral colors of it and the warmth of it. Um, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, man, I mean, this is just... This is great, amazing, like ten out of ten. I I mean this I'm, I'm I'm serious. It's great. Like the the background first of all, like wow, that's that's an exceptional background. You really 
you angled yourself well. You got the nice separation. You know, those colors are great. Um, you can tell it's natural, too. You can tell you didn't crank everything up. You can tell it's really just kind of a natural shot. Uh, I really like the the white balance, too. Like, it brings out the purples and the flower, um, but also shows kind of that cooler early spring tone. You said this was early spring, right? Kind of like the March it's March. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it really kind of shows that off. Um, perfect focus, too. I know it's really hard for flowers. Um, did, did you focus stack this one, or is this just one uh, focus point? Um, no, it, it was not focus stacked. Um, it was just macro, basically. Extension wow. tube. Um, I think I was probably about 500 millimeters in the micro course. And then next to get to the tripods, I basically got down on the ground level. Like it was basically just legs spread out flat and did the line. Um, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Great work. Uh, so this uh, this shot here, um, this is actually taken on my uh, grandparents' property up in Ohio. Um, they've got this pretty cool forest, and uh, I got up early one morning, and it was a foggy morning. Um, and I like fog a lot. Um, it's kind of been a running joke, <laughs> um, and you know I had to capitalize on it, so I. Uh, I ventured out in this forest, and I really like these. I don't know if they're fern. I don't think they're ferns, but these plants in the foreground um, provided some nice depth. And then I, I kind of focused on these two trees, um, along with these yellow buds uh, on the leaves. Uh, and it, it's just a, a really cool shot. Uh, I like the foggy atmosphere. Um, just kind of, it's simple, um, but it's it's definitely one of my favorite woodland shots from this year. I like how the, the, the fog's not overwhelmingly like this is a fog photo. Like you really have to kind of look at it a little bit more and look in the back mm-hmm. But I just love the, the little pink hues of the clouds too up above. And they got the, the foreground element with the, those are May apples, I believe. Yeah, okay. those are May apples. It's no spring. And those, yeah. those are cool because the big, yeah. Big flat like leaves. I think they bear fruits later on, like in mid spring. It's like I think it's like big white underneath the. Those things on the woodland are like full of March. November, I think part of May. It's been for a long while. But, um, yeah, man, that's a great shot. Great, great focal length and just Thank the you. depth of everything that you can really see. And you got the man, like I said, maples, the trees, the fog, the clouds. Um, did you say you focus stacked that? Yeah, I did. It. I did three shots, so three focus okay. stacks. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Thank you. The crooked tree too in the middle. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So this is a really old <laughs> forest too. It's kind of been yeah. been in our family for like four generations. So um, yeah, it's kind of it's great to be able to capture it. Awesome. Now, uh, likewise, this was actually focus stack too. Um, something I've been trying to do a little bit more, but um, I was just doing a quick little walkabout. I was actually there for, uh, I think, birds. I think. No, left in the car. I should have done it. I, I think I regret doing it because I should I should have went to this little. It's like a little bike path uh, connector park. Does that make sense? So they basically like a lot of dog walkers, cyclists, and all that stuff. But I was just taking a walk and just photographing whatever, and 
Um, first time at this place, by the way, but like found these little ferns also in this like breakaway trail that went to like a neighborhood that was like neighbor basically with a bike. Like a small, less than probably like a quarter of a football field length. Like it was not big, few hundred, few um, fifty feet or whatever, less than that. And there's these ferns just not this and what it was. And I just did this top-down macro view of them. And uh, it's a shot I always wanted to kind of do because I feel like it emanates like Ansel Adams a little bit and stuff like that. And um, I think I have another shot I shared with you, Henry, that's black and white as well. Do you have that one? Uh, is it of the same subject? Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I go back. If you follow my work at all, I mean, randomly about anything, I always go back and forth with color, black, I don't know. I feel like I like the black and white a little bit more with this, but um, either way, I can still enjoy it. It's just a nice kind of every I don't know pattern shot, I guess. Focus back, that is. Um, I personally think the colors better, um, just because mm-hmm. of the background. Because um, I kind of like that red tone yeah. in that one part, and then you can kind of see the distant green as mm-hmm. well. Um, so, but I think both are are great. Um, it's really unique. Like, was this, I'm kind of confused, like, how did you get the background to be that far away on a subject like this? Um, so, I was basically at my height, like, on a tripod, of course, but I had the top down. And I think it combined with the extension tube, once again, and tell for the lens, basically, kind of, like, allowed me to zoom in more than I could with, like, just the telephoto lens alone, but, like, all that makes sense lens and zoom lens like it tra- focus and um i wish i knew what the exif data was off the top of my head but like it was probably you know a pretty wide aperture of course and then um it just all contributed to it, basically and then when i focus stacked it i only did like, if you can kind of tell with the firm it's like a little things here it's like there are different varying levels so i think i focus stacked it maybe two maybe three times just to get everything sharp so but I didn't focus obviously on the background, so I think all of that just combined really just provided the depth there. Um, that maybe that's maybe that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's awesome. But now, I'm, I think when I initially edited them, I liked the black and white more. But now I'm, uh, I'm I think colors more. So I'm looking okay. back at that now. Yeah, and the blue reflections yeah. on the plants too, it adds a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty well in shadow too. It's like almost like a tree, kind of like bush mm-hmm. tunnel. The main is like shadow light, um, and like um, basically you had to use a slower shutter. But luckily, it was a pretty windless day, if I recall. So like, I didn't have to worry about um, the subject shaking, of course, unless I bumped it by accident. Awesome. But that's that's one joke of that. Oh, I remember these Ooh. guys. <laughs> <laughs> So the brood ten cicadas. Um, so this was taken in around June. I think yeah, June. So this is like late June. This is like one of the last days of June. But like from May to June was like peak time for these bad boys right here. Um, as we all know. And so um, I went to the, this little it's like fancy neighborhood, but they had this little memorial garden. Um, first time there, and I do some macro hours. But I ended up taking a lot. Guys, there's so many in this neighborhood. It was deafening the whole time I was there. And uh, this becomes some of my favorite shots, honestly, the whole time I was there for a couple hours in the evening. Um, 
because they're just so approachable. I mean, they would fly on my like leg cord and my shoes and things like that. And uh, yeah, it was just fun. It was just fun. They really don't care. They just I would get in their face with their camera and their macro lens, and we'd just take some shots of them. So, and I did it at the shells as well. Um, that they leave behind. It was, was kind of gross because they kept crunching underneath my shoes as I walk along too. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they're everywhere in this little garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean that's that's pretty much all there is to that. So it was just fun to fun to take this timely kind of nature event, and, uh, photograph it, almost document it, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so this is one of the few kind of urban ones I did. Uh, this is taken in San Francisco. Uh, it's called Corona Heights. So it's like this little mountain in the middle of a neighborhood. Um, and the person I was staying with, uh, my uncle, he lives right by this little mountain. So I got up early. I think it was 5 a.m. And I climbed this mountain. Um, and this the city was perfectly silhouetted uh, with the sun behind it. Uh, I used my telephoto lens. I think that's back when I had like my 24 to 240. So I went out at 2.40, and I got this shot, a nice silhouette. That's the sun over the San Francisco Bay there. And, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with it. (laughs) Voice crack, of course. Um, But, yeah. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, I also also did a panorama, too, uh, of the same scene. Didn't turn out quite as well because I didn't level it. But, uh, yeah, I, I really worked with it for a while. Awesome, I love they lined up the sun with like this. I, my eye keeps going to that on the the really prominent, like it's like the darkest building on the right side. It's like casting a shadow because the sun's uh-huh. lined up with it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just cool. That it's, I feel so fly on it. You know, it's just such a like a, you just look at it and go, damn, that's so cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's just kind of. It's, it's awesome. Man. It it's it's very like it makes me remember the trip, which I like because I spent a lot of time in the city. <laughs> Maybe not, I didn't get the best photographs like when I was in it, but kind of this nice overall view just really makes me remember the trip. So, yeah. The color alone is amazing. Thank you. Here's another one from that same trip. Um, and this is probably my favorite landscape of 2021. Um, so, this is taken in Yosemite National Park. Uh, I mean, just a beautiful national park. Like, I. I mean, I have no words for how beautiful it was. I mean, I was, I was shooting all day long, you know, getting up early, staying up late, uh, and you know, I, I captured the the famous shots. You know, I got the tunnel view and the glacier points, uh, but I really liked working with these unique scenes that are unique to me. Um, so this, I was just driving. Uh, you know, me and my family were driving down the Yosemite Road. We stayed pretty far out of the valley. Um, so pretty about 30 minutes out of the park. We were in the park still, actually, but about 30 minutes out from the main action. Um, and while we were driving, um, it was sunset, so I was looking for a place to shoot. Uh, and this tree really caught my caught my eye. Um, you know, it just it kind of was. It had those layers of mountains behind it. Um, and when I zoomed in, it really came to life because it kind of compressed those layers. Uh, you got those trees uh, with the leaves, the green leaves, and then you got this dead tree. And it really just reminds me of Yosemite, and I, I really like it. So. Yeah, I just like the the really like obvious rule third, but like it really works. I think because it just like 
it's almost different at the same time. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. just really have this tree off to the side and just and that, like you said with the telephoto compressing that distance too. Really just kind of pulls you into it like immediately. Yeah. It's really with that. Thank you. It's awesome. Mount range and everything. Once again the depth of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually it's kind of the sad thing behind this image too. Um, shortly after I left, you know, this part of Yosemite Park was ravaged by wildfire. So this shot is probably mm. not there if I went back. So, um, you know, definitely yeah. if something catches your mind or catches your eye, I would definitely go out and photograph it. Yeah, it's, it's a cool part about nature. It's always changing. So, like, you mm-hmm. this time yeah. for excuse me, change the landscape, like, stuff like that happens often um so this was a i took this for actually to, for an exhibit so i went to this local um this local wetland and um this is like some evening light i basically had like an hour or two an hour hour and a half something like that of daylight so it's pretty short so a little bit of a time crunch but i was just taking shots of like golden hour light as it was glistening through all the trees and everything um, and then prominently on this, this left side is like an ash tree uh, which is a dying breed here in Ohio, the uh, emerald ash borer, of course. Um, but it's just a simple shot, basically. Um, I, I definitely like to do these kind of like, almost like your last shot, Henry, where it's like just telephoto, but like you have it off to the side a little bit. I do this a lot with uh, trees like this. Um, but what makes it for me is just all that golden hour light, just getting right through it, too. Something simple but effective, I guess. Yeah, I think it's it's awesome. It really captures summer for me. Um, and I think you got the exposure perfect. Um, it can be hard to get both the shadow and the light details, but you pulled it off. Like, there's enough detail in the tree. Um, and then, you know, those highlights aren't too bright either. So, great job on that. Um, you know, it's, it's a very busy image, but I think it works because you still have a distinct subject. Um, so, great, great job on that. Thank you. Um, so this one, uh, this is taken up in Michigan um, on one of my favorite beaches. Very early morning. Um, you might be able to be able to tell, but uh, it's a bit noisy of an image. Um, but it was, I think, so in Michigan, I would have to get up at about, to get to the locations, uh, I'd have to get up about 445 um, and drive out for sunrise. Uh, but this is actually taken before the sun rose, so I was just walking um, down a, down the beach, and I heard um, the sound of some kind of shorebird. I didn't know which one. And then uh, I found this spotted sandpiper. Um, there was actually a nest, um, and I was able to watch it for a while. Um, it hopped up on this log, um, and I got this shot here. Um, I really I really like the sandpiper, obviously, but I also like kind of the pine tree um, next to him, that baby pine tree. Uh, and then kind of the, just the forest environment, because you don't see shorebirds in that environment a lot. So I think it's pretty unique in that way. Yeah, I mean, there's another trace of water in this scene, too, which is really neat. So mm-hmm. it's pretty atypical, or unusual, I'll say. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. that's a great shot. You, you got it, like, well composed, or it's off the side, but looking that way to the right. You know, all focus on that eye, and there's like a little bit of like a reflection, almost like a catch light in the eye too, which adds mm-hmm. like some dimension to it. But uh, yeah. like I agree, it's that pine, like pine needles and everything, that, you know, that tree trunk, and the lichen too. I just really, all these green tones. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. it's a great shot, man. It's a really Thank good you. shot. Here's another foggy Michigan one. Uh, this is a red-winged blackbird. Um, and these red-winged blackbirds um, up in the summer in Michigan are about as prominent as, like, a robin is in spring in, like, Ohio and Kentucky. Um, so I really got to work a lot with them. Um, and I was able to get this guy on top of this beautiful tree, um, and then I got the color on the blackbird. Um, but besides that, there's no other detail, and I got him calling. I took a lot of images waiting for that call, and I got it kind of with a vertical composition, a nice blue tone. Uh, I, I really like this. It's kind of a combination of landscape and wildlife, so it was one of my favorites, definitely. Is this one of the first times you tried the swollen frame with a bird, like intentionally? Yeah, I think I was. that's kind of when I was really starting to kind of intentionally do that, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it worked, definitely. The fog definitely has um, atmosphere to the shot, too. And I like how the mouth opened, like really caused a good moment there. Thanks. Yeah. Ooh, wow. That's that's amazing. Just I was almost gonna that. choose a different <laughs> um I was gonna choose a different shot for uh July. It's like, nope, I need to do this one. I was gonna do this hay bale sunset one, but I'm like, this is it's a more interesting story about so I think it's so this is in Dayton, Ohio. They have during pretty much all of summer they have these five because basically five rivers converge um, near Dayton, city of Dayton, and so if you count, there's five uh, fountains that uh, shoot off the water here in Harket, and there's this. I don't know if we're gonna choose that as well, but so basically they represent the five rivers that meet there, um, and this is like directly in the heart of like the downtown district, and that path. If you look off to the far right uh, side of where the Rowan Fountain is, that's where actually I started for the day. So there's a little uh, metro park there. And then I uh, basically parked my car and crossed this bridge over the river that's out of frame on the right. And then I just like went up this hill. And so it shoots off every hour, like on the hour for, I think, about five minutes. Um, so pretty cool. So you got lots of opportunities right um, in the summertime, the warmer time of the year. And uh, this year I'm really dead set up a long time. Exposure. My second, it, it was a little more cropped in. Like I don't think you saw that left side uh, fountain, um, but uh, and then also the art got the art um, got cut off and cropped out. So it's a little bummed out, but the site looked about the same as it does here, um, which I took this about I think a week later. But this second time I nailed it, um, at least for what I'm going after. Um, you got the foreground fountain there, and it's just shooting all the dimension and depth of it. Um, and it's a panorama, which, I mean, you can kind of tell it's a fisheye angle a little bit, so it does kind of distort it a little bit, but, yeah, overall, the technical, I guess, kind of mastery of it, because it's definitely, for me at least, was a tough shot to pull off doing a panorama and having to time it, and only having, like, five minutes sunset. So I had, like, all these different variables. And uh, this is probably one of the, the shots this year that I really had to plan out well because, you know, to pull it off, you really have to, you know, time it right. But I enjoyed it. It was a really fun learning experience, too, for editing. Yeah, I think it's it's great. You know, you got the good water flow, uh, great color in the sky, great lighting, great exposure. Perfect image for me. So. Thank you. 
Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll try to go through these last couple here kind of quickly because it is 10, 10-15. Uh, but this year, uh, this is an egret, a group of egrets taken in Louisville um, in August, I believe. Um, and just kind of the smaller in frame here, I laid down, got this uh, green and yellow in the foreground, and then this group of egrets. Uh, I really like this shot. You know, it's just kind of a, it showcases the environment, the sheer amount of egrets, and, and yeah, just, I really love it. The foreground was really cute. <laughs> really adds a nice, nice kind of like creeping into the scene a little more. Like, and it like kind of like slivers out your view, I guess, of the bird itself. But I don't know, it just works. Plus, with the background greenery too. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. This this is one of my two Wellerfell spots also. So, in the fall, it's completely transformed. So it's kind of cool to see how it's different throughout the year. That's a neat thing about birds. It's just always changing. Habitats change, and you get to see it unfold throughout the year. Mm -hmm. It's never a dull moment, really. Yeah, great shot, great shot. All right, so back to Dayton. Uh, so this this is in August. I think it's like the end of August. So you can still you start to see the little paler, I guess, of the trees that are starting to change color very briefly, though. Um, it's you know still still August for what it's worth, but um, the trees are getting taller. But I I wanted to go do this little shot uh, right after work, so. so yeah. Above the city, it gives a nice sweeping panoramic view, as you can see. Um, but this was not panorama itself. Um, but I tried something different using my 16 to 35 f4, and I wanted to incorporate these three pil uh, pillars uh, where this overlook, uh, like this observation tower is. And uh, so it's something different where I had the city basically way out in the background, but it had some foreground element added to there. Um, if you go the measurement downhill, cemetery, a very famous cemetery and there's some tombstones, but it kind of just leaves your eye down there and all the way out to here. And it's perfect lighting day, so lots of humorous clouds to the really late afternoon day, so it worked out for what I was going for. Right. Yeah, it's a great shot. The foreground, kind of the three pillars, kind of centers everything. You know, you've got the skyline. Um, and it's it's midday, but the lighting works. You know, you've got a good exposure. Um, yeah, overall, great great job here. Thank you. Um, so this hills. is September. Yep, yep. <laughs> you can tell from a mile away. Uh -huh. um, yeah. So as everyone probably knows, I did three day talking house trip first time there. Um, so this is actually something a little bit different because you know I did lots of the big postcards. Shots, waterfalls, and everything there. Um, but this is something a little bit different. This was on the third day, and it was the only day there where they had some like actual overcast light. The previous, the first two days, I was, it was just like sun all day, so it was, it was a lot tougher to photograph, um, even in the shade of the woodland. But this is when it really got like a lot cloudier on that third day, about midday. And I was trying out basically down shots I wanted them, and I was just having fun and just hiking around to any trails I hadn't seen yet. And uh, this was along the, I think, towards, I want to say the Whispering Cave. Old Man's Cave's off to the side here, but this is basically just 
was something that you can see with all the greener of late very, very being early fall, as you can see, the leaves falling off of it, but still lots of greenery with all those uh, coniferous trees around you. But um, I just want to incorporate these uh, this prominent rock line as it kind of like leads you from left diagonally across the frame out to the back. And uh, yeah, just basically a simple scene. Um, used a polarizer to put on a little bit of the dimmer on the reflection there, but I still want enough there to put some shine on it. And then I bracketed the shot to expose for shadow and highlights because it was a little bit dark in there. Um, with all the shadow. Basically surrounded by a bunch of rock, as you can see. Yeah, I think it's great. You know, uh, like I said at the beginning, it really represents Hawking Hills. You know, uh, I like the exposure. Like you didn't, you didn't try to put light light there that wasn't there. Like you left some good shadows, but you know, you still left it bright enough to where you can still see the detail so great job uh, i love the green as well and uh yeah thank you Ooh, nice all right what are we what are we looking at <laughs> um, uh, Ohio so, Caverns, um, I guess. yeah yeah uh I, I mentioned way back at the beginning i know it's been over a couple hours now but uh caverns for the first time not for actually like twice that is but this first trip i really was like focused on the photography mainly and uh yeah so it was really cool uh, shooting handheld too in the dark was a little bit tougher um so i guess as we talked about earlier with indoor light <laughs> but they the, uh it's basically all this light brought a flash because they have these different lights positioned at different uh, stuff heights and slag lights and um the crate is really like ghostly, hollow-looking shapes. Um, it's really creepy-looking stuff, especially when you convert them to black and white, um, which I believe they did uh, uh, send ones to you, Henry. But yeah, they're all national forms, crystals and everything, and just watching, you know, just these caves and I don't know, creepy stories. Um, for anyone that's in Ohio, I'd recommend it. Um, it's not too far off. It's in between Dayton and Columbus, so it's not too far away. Um, but it was well worth the almost an hour to figure out some natural history and everything that yeah i think it's something different which is cool and it is still nature photography you know caves are part of our yeah. natural world and i think it's kind of undershot so great job yeah thank you yeah, so this uh, this is taken in October. Um, and, you know, I, I can't really say much. It's just, you know, I had an elk encounter, uh, you know, about 20 elk. Um, and this male came pretty close. I was able to get this frame-filling portrait uh, with some fall color behind him. I, I just love this shot. Probably my favorite shot of the year, if I'm being honest. Um, I was I got the focus right, uh, which is pretty rare in my camera, if I'm being honest. So I was happy about that. Um, and it just, you know, kind of all came together, so. Still captures the too. And it's awesome to say the least, so. It's, it's very evocative, I'll say. The, the pose, uh, he framed it pretty well, because most people are jerk against cropping out, you know, elements or parts of the body, but, like, I feel like it works with this case. Yeah, oh, my bad. What was? Yeah. You're good. So got, you're, you're on it. 
Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is just this past November. Um, it was like the day before Thanksgiving, actually. And um, I'm going to try something. Once again, as you can tell, it's out of the from this year. Trying something different. It's still outdoors. Um, so it's nighttime, as you can see out these. And they have cone-shaped uh, lights that they string, basically, in the Christmas tree, basically. And uh, so I took some shots, the post shots, once again, the outside, you know, just facing it, basically, parallel, or excuse me, eye level. Um, but there's a single, singular walkway where you can go up to the base of it. And this is really the shots I was most excited about getting, because there's just something that was really kind of dizzying with it, and just the vanishing point. And um, once again, no, it's abstract to say it, but yeah, just something that's very different. And wow. So the darkness and light, and then also, you know, the light, early light of the uh, color of the bells, and then also the bell top. Yeah, awesome. I think it, it really represents Christmas. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's a very interesting perspective looking up like that. It also kind of makes you wonder kind of like how you got into the lights in the first place, which is cool. So it kind of it kind of makes you think. Uh, and yeah, great great shot. Thank you. Yeah, I believe this is our final one here. And is this a starling? Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, but I mean, we're still halfway through December, so like, I, so far this is my favorite image. But it's been pretty slow December, sad weeks for me. But um, I've been doing lots of birding, and uh, this is the best shot I can get. Um. Invasive species at that, but like I still, this is my best shot of a starling I've gotten ever, so I'm happy with it. Um, not too much to say with it. I was just hiking around, taking a walk through the park I've never been to before. Um, this is the day I got my life for the red breasted nuthatch, but um, I was making my way later on, and I was pretty much almost giving up. Like, I was almost like, it's getting to be bright, full sun, and I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna get a shot at all today like there's nothing none of these birds are getting close to me i'm hearing them i'm seeing them but they're all kind of like eluding my camera and there's a starling and you can kind of put them in perspective but it was way up in the trees like very high up but i desperate so i zoomed in kind of like posed a little bit kind of slowly kind of inched forward with my hand uh, this is the best i could do where it's kind of face part from the tree uh, the tree branches and trees and all that stuff um but you know i still like it I still think it's great, especially with the sunlight on it. You know, reveals the iridescent feathers and everything. Mm -hmm. Plumage. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Like that, sunlight really brings out everything. Um, I like the I like the branches too. I think they're they're great. Kind of the the nice perch and the the little thirds offset there. Um, so great job. Yeah, probably the best <laughs> shot of a starling I've seen. So great work. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Last month, two and a half. Yeah, I think the. Let's see. Let me switch back over to our faces here. Why isn't my camera working? Oh no. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I think that pretty much wraps up the live stream. Um, it's been great. I had I've had a great time. Yeah. No. It's it's great, yeah. It's great to Noah. Um, got lots of people asking questions, which is great. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, overall, this year was great for the show. Yeah.
Uh, and like we said, we'll have one episode next week um, with Bayou Josh. Uh, you guys should enjoy that one. Uh, we'll be, and then we'll take a break, and we'll be back with more content uh, for the new year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I look forward to seeing you then. And we'll be starting uh, season three, so look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for watching the Owl Outdoors Photography Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the video version on YouTube as well. You can subscribe down below, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you.